Hello survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 78 of the show and in this edition we take a half decade step backwards to celebrate the first milestone of Resident Evil 2's 2019 remake. My name is Cy and joining me on the panel this week, you don't get an achievement if you shoot his hat off, it's Kelsey aka KDB. Hello, I'm currently infected with the G virus, so excuse any. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rip. I learned recently through his Discord streams of the game that he's a noted grenade launcher hater. It's Moist Owlet, aka James. <laughs> I forgot about that. Hi. <laughs> and presumably he's still stuck in the laundry room trying to solve those damn portable safe puzzles. It's fire button Steve Valance. It's true. Help. Please send help. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> First Aid Spray is recorded in front of a live Discord server audience, so join now to hear the show early and unedited and to become part of our wonderful little community where we discuss life, the universe, and Resident Evil. You can find the server and all of our social media links, including Blue Sky Now, at our website, fasprayPod.com. That's where you can find our merchandise store and our Patreon page. First Aid Spray is nothing without our supporters. Tis begin at just $1 a month with a host of benefits. Head over to patreon.com forward slash fasprayPod to support support the show not a lot of housekeeping from me uh on this one because it's been only a couple of weeks since our last episode that being said resident evil 2 theme the latest episode of tier death experience is now out for patreon supporters if you are at the correct tier which is something like two and a half hours of the guys ranking every bow from the original resident evil 2 and the remake all together in a big melting pot of wonderful joy that's everything for me. So, Steve, take us into a very weird version of the Biohazard News. Okay, so this this uh, this is the story, isn't it? This is the one. Accusations of mod-breaking DRM around Resident Evil and other Capcom games appear to be unfounded. We should actually written like a blow-by-blow of what happened here, but you probably saw it on social media, and if you didn't, we'll try and catch you up with it. There was an account uh, that made a claim that lots of people believed. It went around Reddit as well. We certainly uh, took part in this conversation as well, that DRM had been added to, I think it was specifically just Resident Evil Revelations, but there was a lot of talk that it was coming to other Capcom games on Steam as well. Obviously, Capcom were in a bit of a weird situation recently. They had an issue with a Street Fighter tournament where somebody used a nude character mod in an official tournament, which obviously caught them some negative press. And they have said in sort of the last few months that they are... Looking at cracking down on mods or specific mods, they've been kind of vague about the terms and that kind of thing. So I think a lot of people leapt to the conclusion that this was Capcom starting to go through their games and add DRM to games to potentially break mods and stuff like that. From what it seems like, Revelations got an update and then the the update was rolled back as well because it broke the game. Um, And a lot of places have reported on this in different ways, but it it actually seems to be that this is something that Capcom do. Some of their games, even that start with a particular type of DRM, like Village, for example, will have the DRM changed a couple of years in. So it's not unlo- you know it's not unfounded for them to add DRM to games later for various reasons. There does seem to be still conversation about Steam Deck compatibility, and I don't think any of us have got that system, so we can't necessarily comment on it specifically. But oh boy, this was a big uh, you know whirlpool of a story that went around the last few weeks. Um, I guess intrinsically just a great demonstration of where we are in terms of news and press right now where 
something gets said and it might not necessarily be uh, verified. Kelsey, what's your take on, on this whole situation? Did you keep up with it? Uh, sort of. I mean, I, I'm slightly ignorant to some of it because, I, because I'm a console player. When I hear about mm. all the DRM stuff and how it affects mods, it sort of goes a little bit over my head. But I got the gist of it. Um, my kind of opinion is that mods are a really good thing and obviously there's some terrible mods out there but it's like that's always going to be the case with everything that thing that about the tournament that you mentioned i feel like that's you know that's on the organizers of the tournament i i don't understand how it works that that something like that would get through i appreciate it from capcom's side that they don't want their games sort of being seen that way in a in a public event or something Mm -hmm. so i i see it from their side but i don't I'm not crazy about the heavy-handedness and removing them and restricting them. But again, I don't really understand how it all works, to be honest with you. Um, being the console player that I am, I don't really deal with the mods. So, so yeah, I, I sort of followed, followed it. But the gist I get is that mods are a really good thing, is what I think. And it really frustrated right. people when they said this. And then there was confusion. And this isn't the first time there's been confusion from Capcom and Resident Evil and I think that's just you know they're over there in Japan things are going to get lost in translation stuff takes a while to come through I I don't know it's some of it's over my head but yeah let's keep mods I suppose we want to keep them don't we yeah I think a lot of the outcry specifically came from because you're right there are definitely some games that need mods to run basically or at least stably there are some games unfortunately on steam that are just kind of rocky and you need some extra mods to help them uh you know along and run at a consistent frame rate we still got issues with various games that you can buy on steam and they don't boot which is a whole (laughs) other thing Uh, in fact steve what's your take on this because i know that's definitely something that you brought up before operation raccoon city i mean unfortunately i mean that game is sort of in the you can't purchase it right now bracket but generally speaking right okay generally speaking i think any game that has been released and was in some way functional and then has a drm attached to it after the after the fact for release for anti-piracy reasons and then it's basically as a way to brick mods. If if what the stories were alleging was true, is atrocious. Right mm. now, in this case, it wasn't true. But I, I think having mod functionality and compatibility should be encouraged. Some games that basically build an ecosystem around it, like uh, the the Sonic community, the XCOM community, the Fallout Bethesda game community. You know, the, mm. uh, you know, lots of games have mod scenes. Resident Evil has one that's basically built around like randomizers and skin cosmetics and stuff like that. Hell, the fighting game stuff. You know, when they're not having naked Chun Li's on screen, they could do all sorts of other fun, interesting things instead, mm-hmm. uh, and have a lot of fun with it. Like, um, there's some fighting game content characters I've seen that have had characters made and put into other games to play as themselves in some kind of facsimile or parody. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of stuff's great. And finding a way to block it because there's some sour taste mods or some poorly cho- you know, poorly Poorly, poor taste things that have been put out there by you know less than savoury content creators. It's mm. it's not good. It's not good. I, I feel like there should be some kind of. I mean, on some places it's like this, this the Steam Workshop and then there's ModDB where people can curate these things. Uh, I think if Capcom want to stop the more unpleasant elements getting in, they really should get like involved with that part of the community and like you know help cura- curate it, yes. as opposed right. to just put a wall straight up and block it. Yes, well said, uh, indeed. Anything after the fact like this, and if it was, you know, if it was genuine, it's just ignoring the community for the sake of it. 
just because they want to try and bring the fire door down and seal it off and then no one's happy. Mm. Uh, James, what's your take on this? Because you're the, the PC gamer of all of us. If, if, if it's one of us, it's you. Where do you land on this one? Uh, I mean, I haven't, I haven't suffered from any problems. And I think, you know, I say like, working with First Aid Spray, like you folks and doing other content creation as well in the past couple of years has taught me a lesson and that's to wait. When you mm. hear this kind of information, you have to wait for a bit, unless you actually, you know, if it's happening to you like it did with Village, for instance, with me and the DRM stuff, you know, I think the reason why this got so blown out was because of that as well. Because it was like, yeah. oh, this is easy pickings. This went horribly before. I mean, I've said it before, but I, I bought Village, but I had to go and get it somewhere else. Wink. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. So so I could yeah. play the game because it was so bad. It was awful. Mm. But like I haven't suffered from any problems and yeah, I, I waited. I, I put my opinion in and it was mostly about I can see this happening, but let's wait a little bit. You wait a couple of days and it comes out that well, it's just blown out of proportion. There's yeah. not really like <laughs> any substantial is just someone has grabbed this and run with it and then a bunch of, you know, tabloid uh websites have have grabbed it and made a title out of it and made an article um yeah so it's it sucks if it happens but i haven't run into any problems so <laughs> i can't yeah it's it's something that i can't really have an opinion on because it hasn't happened to me which doesn't mean it mm. hasn't happened i'm mm. not saying that mm. it's just like you know maybe maybe there's a reason why capcom weren't being very communicative with it as well as because it wasn't really a big deal. A big deal. Yeah, for sure. I think you're right. Blown out of proportion. There was, and obviously, like I say, this is a bigger issue now with sort of misinformation on the internet and stuff. It does seem like it came from, as far as I can tell, one Twitter account that then just got continually boosted, and there was the suggestion that it was coming to other games, which then I think people ran with saying it's been applied to a bunch of old games, which wasn't necessarily true. Uh, who knows? Maybe this is an ongoing thing. Maybe this is something that will happen in the future. Um, but it, yeah, because it's kind of an evolving story, it's kind of hard to talk about. Or maybe it's not an evolving story. Maybe it's over. Maybe it's nothing. But that's what I, I think you're saying. Like, it was just, it was starting to happen potentially, and everyone immediately was like, "Right, here's the facts." And was like, "We don't have the yeah. facts yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, we don't know what's going on." <laughs> yeah, to add on top of that as well. I mean, it's not just this kind of news you want to be kind of having like waiting on as well. It's other news too, just everywhere around. I mean, mm -hmm. don't want to get too real about it, right? But when you hear stuff and it's been sensationalized, you want to wait. You want to wait until the dust is settled, and then listen to folks on the ground, and then you you'll start to hear the actual picture. Yeah, like, or, everybody well, on social media wants to be the account that's like making the first report yeah, or making yeah, the statement. And people wild. are just rushing to stuff that isn't necessarily true. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's going to do us for news. Uh, it's going to be a really fun, different kind of episode because we're going to step back in time. Well, not really. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about an old game. We do that a lot. We're going to talk about a game that started off first aid spray. I'm, of course, talking about Resident Evil 2 2019. Does it still hold up five years later? <laughs> that was a weird lead in. <laughs> no, end. <laughs> and now, reading the file Letter from Best Friend from Resident Evil 2 2019, Overdose, who you can follow on Twitter at mp3overdose. Dear Claire, first of all, thanks for the letter. Now, if you'll let me get this one thing off my chest. 
I can't believe you're really gonna do it. I can't believe you're biking all the way to Raccoon City all by yourself. Just to see your brother? What the hell? I know Chris means a lot to you. And yeah, you haven't been able to reach him for a month and all. But you're nuts. You know how many perverts and assholes are out there just waiting for a hot, young college student to come along and take advantage of? It's not safe to travel alone. But your mind's made up, isn't it? Fine. I get it. Just promise you'll call when you get to Raccoon City. Don't leave your bestest best friend hanging, okay? Love ya. P.S. Your brother may be THE Chris Redfield. And he may have taught you how to fight and use a gun like a banshee. But that doesn't make you invincible. So, don't get cocky out there. In preparation for this episode, um, a few of us have been doing... Well, I don't think everyone's done a playthrough of the game, but Steve and James were playing Remake 2 on the Discord server. And we had... You know, I was hanging out, and we were just having a chat, and uh, the conversation came up as how much we love to talk about sales numbers. When it comes in the news, we're all kind of we all kind of like doing it. I guess we're all sort of number nerds or something. Oh, um, we're so capitalist. And that's what it is, right? <laughs> but it's been such an interesting time for Resident Evil with sales numbers since we started the show. So it's always worth talking about. Because, I, I, yeah, I, I find it truly interesting. And it's a great way to start this conversation. Because Resident Evil 2 2019, remake, whatever you want to call it, remake 2, is the best-selling Resident Evil game uh, as a single skew, if you want to call it that. Uh, to this point, it's the third best-selling Capcom game of all time. 13.10 million units last recording, which puts it just under two Monster Hunter titles, and I think most importantly puts it above Resident Evil 7 by a whole uh, 0.4 million units and rising. And also, RE7 has a sort of two-year lead on it as well, so it makes it very, very impressive. So that to say, it is a very important game for Resident Evil, it's a very important game for Capcom, and as I said there, it's a very important game for us as a show as well, because it's it's how we started. Intentionally or otherwise, just timing the earliest episodes of First Aid Spray are preparing for this game and reviewing this game. So with it now being five years since we did our review of Remake 2 when it came out, and it was we were a brand spanking new, maybe slightly awkward podcast. I don't know, I'm not going to go back and listen to that. That sounds cringe as hell. And more than that, we have, you know, new members of the team with Kelsey and James who weren't part of, part of First Days Red back then. Going to get some fresh opinions, I'm going to get a lot of looking back on Remake 2, where it sits within the RE Engine era to mark its fifth anniversary, which, if you're listening to this podcast on the day it's been released, is today. So happy birthday, Remake 2. Uh, we can't really do first impressions, I guess. We've pretty much done that. Actually, do you know what? I guess we can, at least with one person. Kelsey, what was your... How was your feelings on the lead-up to Remake 2? So, you know Game have been in the news recently? Uh, the, the shop Game, about how they're yes. stopping trade-ins and stuff. I was having a long, hard think, and I'm pretty sure Resident Evil 2 Remake is the last game I bought from <laughs> Game. <laughs> oh, wow. Which is kind of wild. And I have touched previously on other things we've done. How this game came out a couple of months after my son was born. And holds a very special place in my heart. Because I... Well, first of all, it's it's a remake of Resident Evil 2. And I was physically shaking and had butterflies in my stomach when I went to buy it. Um, I wasn't really ingrained in the online Resident Evil community. It was just me and my fandom. And I was very, very excited for it and then I remember playing it and it 
pretty much at the time thinking, oh, this is everything I wanted it to be. I loved it. I had no complaints. And then it kind of arriving at that time in my life where my son had just been born and he would be like sleeping next to me in the little cot thing while I was sat there playing Resident <laughs> Evil 2, which just felt, you know, it's sad and pathetic, <laughs> I know, but it felt poetic and just like, I loved mm. it. This thing, this thing of mine that had been my favourite thing my entire life, I was now playing the remake all these years later um, with this other human being that I'd helped <laughs> create. And it's just, yeah, it's just a very special game for me and it's a special game when it came out. Very strong memories of playing it and loving it and, yeah, and just all-round hype and excitement. And then it was after this game, that's when I started to kind of look more into the online community of Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil, and then eventually into Remake 3, and then, yeah, here we are. Uh, actually, I'm going to open the floor to you, James. I don't know if you've got anything to say about sort of the lead-up to Remake 2, because obviously... You and Steve were doing your playthroughs on YouTube at that point, um, so it's yeah. quite... I guess it was like, oh, a fresh Resident Evil. It was, you know, I put it down in my notes as well, but um, I'm pretty sure we... I'm pretty sure we started our Let's Play because of the rumour of Resident Evil 2 Remake. Because I think we spoke about it, and, like, Steve, you know, loves Resident Evil 2, the original, and so Steve wouldn't, like, would, like, was absolutely <laughs> so so excited about this new game and i was like let's do a let's play of all the resident evils then you know and <laughs> so because <laughs> i'd never played resi resi before i knew absolutely nothing about it i've explained that plenty of times on the podcast before like before this time and yeah went into it um so yeah so not only was it thank was you know not only was uh first ace very thanks to that but our let's play as well was thanks to this game Mm. Um, which was some of the happiest moments of my life, uh, playing with Steve. Um, yeah, so playing with my feelings, yeah, it, <laughs> 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 my feelings. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so yeah, and and then the night, the night we played it, we we uh, we, I said to Steve, let's stream it at midnight when it releases, and we won't go, we won't go, we won't go offline until we complete both sides. <laughs> Right, and we were we were up until about eight a.m. I think half ten, James. It was half ten. Was it half ten? <laughs> yeah, it was half ten, and we'd only done Leon A. Or we're like, uh, uh. <laughs> and yeah, we were absolutely knackered, but it was a great memory, and we prepared we prepared well for it as well. It was also during a time when I was having a sugar fast as well, so Steve is chugging energy drinks, and I'm purely on on. Uh, like caffeine <laughs> at this point you know it was it, it was great um and i remember absolutely loving it like it, seeing steve in his element like going through stuff like oh that's from the original that's from i was like i was just sitting there smiling at him <laughs> this is very very nice so that's kind of my first experience of it and it was a, it's a very good experience I uh, I think i've mentioned this before on the show as well but i loved just sort of like being on the peripheral of that just waking up and checking social media and seeing like these tweets into the night that you guys were making about how terrified you were, how you went yeah. outside to get some air and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, very, very enjoyable memory indeed. But yeah, there, there's, oh, there's, there's images. There's, Im <laughs> there's images of me and Steve from that night. <laughs> we are we are not okay. Like <laughs> to, to 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 put it into perspective, listeners, if you haven't listened to the old show, I, I feel like there's one moment that really encapsulates it is. We've just encountered Mr. X. 
We've gone into the clock tower. Obviously, it's our first time. We don't realise it's safe. <laughs> right? And uh, we, we, our nerves are shot. We are ruined. And at the time, I was a heavy smoker. Uh, so it was it was time for a brief hiatus in the stream. So we, we paused, went outside in the cold, crisp January morning and just kind of collect our thoughts. Some, some old fella's walking his dog just a couple of streets away, but his footsteps are so loud. Like, <laughs> it's like Mr. X has come out of the game to hunt us down and kill us. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's forever ingrained in my memory that I can't, I can't escape him. Uh, you know, it's just, he's there, waiting menacingly with his fedora on. <laughs> it seems appropriate then if we're going to start breaking this down and we're going to do it, you know, you know, we'll talk about how we just feel about the game overall. But, you know, obviously talk about wider context of it at this point um, so that this is, you know, different from our original review of the game. But I'm sure we'll all have plenty of things to say because it's been a whole five years and a busy five years of that. But I think the logical place to start is gameplay. That's the big thing. Uh, you've touched upon some various gameplay things there. And the gameplay is kind of what brought the game to the viral space that it was in, if nothing else. Because Resident Evil had obviously been in a weird patch for a while, with the third, especially with the over-the-shoulder third-person Gameplay, RE7 had really shook things up with first person, but with Remake 2, we were going back to third person. There was concerns about, is that going to work? Is it going to make it too action heavy? And they struck a balance here that, oh, well, I've got things to say. But uh, Steve, why don't you lead us off? How do you feel about the gameplay of Remake 2, where it sits within Resident Evil as a whole? In like the, the grand Venn diagram of all the different like strategies, plans, modus operandi and how they make Resident Evil games, right in the middle of all of that, I feel, is where RE2R sits. Like mm -hmm. it's not it's not too actiony, it's not too puzzly, it's not too unguided, you know, it's not too not too serious and not too light either. Like there are moments of levity right. in it. You know, there, there, it seems like calling it the perfect distillation is very hyperbolic, but it feels like they've took as many of the possible best notes and put them all into the, you know, into the one blend machine and based it around Resident Evil 2. Mm. Does that make any sense? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, as an archetypal blueprint, this one feels like this is probably the one they should use going forward. Mm. It's funny that you say that because I literally my first note is uh, when you look at the RE engine, you know, we've it's kind of like you got your first and your most recent games at the sort of two ends of the spectrum of Resident Evil, almost, without going into extremes. You've got RE7 is less of an exciting gameplay experience and more of an atmospheric horror kind of thing. And I'm not saying that it's bad to play in any way. I'm just saying by comparison to everything else, it's not about the way that it plays necessarily. It's about the atmosphere and the fear and stuff like that. Whereas 4R is probably the best raw gameplay experience from sort of a satisfaction point of view, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to the RE engine stuff. It just feels good to play. 2 does both of them. It somehow is great to play and still scary to play because of the tight corridors, the way the enemies move, the careful balance of all of that. The gunplay is wonderful, you know... You know, if you're playing it straight and not stun-looking stuff. <laughs> when you're just like, I'm going to have a pure experience with it. It somehow hits all of those notes. Kelsey, for you, where does RE2, RE2R's gameplay sit? Yeah, this is like... It's funny because of the original Resident Evil 4 setting that standard and trend with Over the Shoulder and the way it did, it feels like since then so many games that were influenced from it took it and ran with it and refined it. We mm. all know those games. And then... 
when and then Resident Evil reinvented itself with first person, but then Capcom came along with this and just kind of said, uh, we're going to take back our over-the-shoulder third-person crown. And <laughs> they struck this balance where some of the other third-person games that you think of, something like The Last of Us, I, d- I don't think is, is as claustrophobic as something like this. And you look no. at Uncharted and Tomb Raider, where the camera is a bit further back and stuff. Capcom re-established something here that, now again games have gone on to copy and i just feel like the you said exactly what i had something jotted downside where this is the balance like re4 remake is so unbelievably incredibly fun to play and smooth and arguably arguably kind of less sticky than this game as well which it is a little bit because it's more advanced they've had they've spent a bit more time working in the engine they're getting used to it but the balance that this one strikes between the action fun and the claustrophobic horror and you know the limitations that it has for me is like steve said it's sort of sitting right there in the in, in the middle sounds like a you know sort of taking away from it that that's not what i'm saying it's like it's that balance perfectly balanced as thanos would say and uh mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been playing it again recently and, you know, there's a couple of moments where I thought, oh, yeah, this isn't maybe as kind of free and smooth as RE4 Remake, but oh, my God, is it scary and still, you know, kind of catching me. And uh, just over the past few years, this this game is easily the game that I've gone, I've revisited more than, than any other game. And I think that says a lot for how playable and accessible it is you said at the start Mm. it's sold 12 million copies or whatever it was i think it's it's not easy to play it 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 is accessible i think you pick it up and you get it you are there's no first person there's nothing to make you sick it's not like a vr game you are taking control of these characters in a really recognizable way a way that is intuitive and yeah just like we've said that balance and it's it's also funny when you look at remake 3 and for remake, these three remakes are all quite different in how they play. Remake three has the dodge mm-hmm. as well, mm. which is not in the other games. And I don't know. There's a signature here that Capcom reestablished with Remake Two, and uh, yeah, I think uh, the gameplay is so fun. We we could talk about it for hours, but from from what I remember, it's like I say, it may have aged ever so slightly but just not, i feel like i'm being picky like the gameplay is great that perfect balance <laughs> yeah. of horror and action yes i think out of those if you were looking at like the remakes the over the shoulder ones and i've only done village over the shoulder once so i couldn't necessarily add this into the pile but remake 2 definitely feels the heaviest yeah um and that's not a bad thing at all and when we talk about balance i mentioned it there sort of you're playing it straight and not just unlocking stuff but you just said you know you've played it over and over again and we've mentioned on the show before that you used to sort of like do speed running challenges and that kind of thing and just this week watching james pick the game back up and being there for some of his playthroughs um getting reacquainted with the game and then four days later just blasting through hardcore s ranks in two (laughs) hours and stuff um it absolutely has the balance of that as well it's got this game is going to take me forever because i'm creeping my way through every horror because i'm terrified to the classic resident evil speed runs and strats and techs and all kinds of like oh i didn't realize that because i just watched someone else play it and they did this cool thing i didn't know you could do which kind of changes how the enemies react and blah 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 um james how do you feel about the way 2r's gameplay has settled in with the rest of resident evil at this point um 
I have like three paragraphs written here, but I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna go off like just base notes, like cliff notes of what I put into these paragraphs because uh, there is so much with this game. But um, I think we're all gonna kind of talk about the same thing, and that's um, the games that came after it and how different the games are, but also the same at the same time. Mm. And mm. I want to talk about um, that. That's not just a gameplay thing. It's a story characterization thing. Because Leon and Claire are inexperienced. They've never been in a high-stress environment like this before. right? And like, kind of one thing I really struggled with, everyone saw it on the streams, was my movement. Um, and it's so difficult to move these characters sometimes. Mm. Like, and I think that is something that Capcom put in there to increase the stress. Like, I don't know what it's like a controller. It's probably better to move on controller, but on keyboard and mouse, it's hellish. If I get caught in a corner, I'm there for about five <laughs> seconds. Like, it's ugh, it's awful. But I think that's deliberate. It's there, right? Because, you know, and they've, they've weaved it into the story. These two young uh, people, these two rookies who have never been in a situation like this before, have never experienced anything like this before. Like, and you have you're 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 feeling like a like a baby trying to walk, like with these rookies as well. So you are connected to these characters, like because of that, and I, because of that, the horror element is increased. Um, at the same time, like I, I remember, um, like Steve would often often say to me, "Focus shots to the head." Mm. Um, but no, that is not the best thing for James to do, uh, because <laughs> James is awful luck, and James uh, can get four crits right at the beginning of the game and then not get another one. I used up all my crit allowance, um, <laughs> so <laughs> what I started doing, um, which is much more for me, it's a much more an immersive experience as well, um, is I just started shooting legs. Yeah. I just started shooting legs. Yeah, that's the tried and true method from the internet, I think. I just started shooting legs, and they would stun, <laughs> and I could move by them, and I could run by them. They were still there, so they were still a horror element, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think the you know just due to the gameplay and how the guns work and and stuff, like I, I think that's meant to be the way you're meant to play it. Like it's you because <laughs> the amount of times I would come back to a room and I forgot I left a zombie up. You know, mm. go through the door and suddenly it's eating my face. Yeah. You know, um, is that's horror. That's the horror right there. Unless you get memory. I'll talk about it in locations uh, mm. again a little bit later on. But yeah, and then you get, like, when you get to RE3, you're in much more capable hands with Jill. She can yes. kill a zombie way easier. She can dodge. Her movement is a lot more fluid um, as well. Then you get Village. Man, I... Yeah, I know life that game for a long time. It was very easy for me to pick up. Um, yeah, and, and you know, with RE4R, again, like they've improved it. I wouldn't say improved that, that's the wrong word, because I think each game has such a great foundation when it comes to their gameplay and where it comes from um, and what they were trying to do. Like, cause I, again, like, I will repeat it, but I think the gameplay is inherently connected to the character. Like that you're playing, and in so you are also the character that's playing it. Like right. you, you feel like the character. You feel like you're in the character because you're so new, or you're so experienced, or you know whatever. You're a special agent. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I, I did originally put that I felt like the keyboard and mouse was extremely clunky. 
I don't know what it, it feels like with, with controller. But then I start to think before we, we went live, it's like, well, that's deliberate, isn't it? I think it's de very deliberate that they did that. Um, and mm. I don't want to go around in circles, but yeah. I can believe that. Um, does anyone have any particular like gameplay highlights, lowlights, anything in particular they want to shout out before we move on? We've got a lot of headers for this episode, so... Mm. Um, but by any means, if anyone has any more to say on gameplay, I don't want to just, you know, leave it unattended to. So, Kelsey, anything else yeah, on gameplay? Yeah, just a couple of things like I noticed while revisiting revisiting it. And it's funny because we come off the tiered F experience that you mentioned as well in the BOWs. Like, I played this game uh, recently. Like, I did both Leon and Claire and I did a second run. But the, the zom I just want to talk about the zombies and shooting the zombies. I had... And James has talked about, you know, the crits that he would get and would use up his crit allowance and stuff. I had times in this game... It's The systems in this game with the RNG and how the difficulty adjustment works are so crazy to me because I'm, I, you could be playing on standard and you could come across two zombies and one time you're playing they might take two bullets and then another time you're playing they might take 30. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah. a lot from a speedrunner's perspective stuff like that is like a nightmare but i think from a general gameplay and immersive sort of deal it's so fantastic because every playthrough for the most part can be quite different and mm -hmm. i found myself just kind of there was a bit you know in the sewers where you're going to get one of the final chess um chessboard plugs and there's like four zombies that come come after you and this was on my second time through and I was using the infinite handgun. And I think I must have unloaded like 70 bullets into these zombies. <laughs> and this is on standard mode. And I love that. And I love that the zombies, you know, we'll talk about them more soon, but I love how good they are. And from a gameplay experience, they present this constant, scary, unpredictable threat. You think, no, nah, no, nah, they're not just these disposable things. Yeah, they're so fun and shooting them is fun and you never know how you're going to have to deal with them. And, and that, I mean, the same could be said for the other enemies as well, the way they behave and the way this game reacts to you and the choices you make. Like this game will, and this applies to Mr. X, it will do things to you depending on which door you go through and which route you take. Mm. It will completely adjust the patterns of the game around you and it feels very much alive in the same way that you know alien isolation uh sort of did a lot of stuff for survival horror and that stalker enemy type stuff the gameplay here where it feels like you can root you can root through the game and you can make some have some best laid plans but there's just going to be that one zombie that lunges out of nowhere yeah. and yeah, that stuns you or blocks your way. Or it just through. wanders. Yeah, just wanders. Like the it... wandering zombies are like <laughs> hellish to deal with. Like that you shouldn't be there. Yeah. Why are you there? They, <laughs> if a door is open for too long, they will walk through it as well. Like you know, there's some doors that in theory they're not supposed to be able to open, but if they're just there at the right time, they will follow you through it, and they can be zombies in places that you've never seen them before. Yeah, from mm. a gameplay experience, it's so alive, it's so immersive. I like the stuff James talked about with the character side of things, uh, which I will talk about more later as well, but that's kind of completely right. You feel very much in place of these characters. You don't feel godlike. You can with a lot of practice, but even as somebody who has done lots of speedrunning in this game, you could be proficient and something will creep up on you and something will make your life difficult and then it all goes to hell and... Is I don't think the other games have quite captured that 
Um, mm-hmm. Playing RE4 Remake, as I mentioned, is a blast. It's nowhere near as scary because mm-hmm. it just feels... A, uh, I don't want to say scripted. I'm not sure the words I want to look for, but something about this game feels absolutely magical and... Yeah, that's to do with those little cheeky systems they've got in place. And, you know, Mr. X in himself is a whole thing that, you know, is full of surprises. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so much good in the gameplay here. And I don't really have complaints. Like you mentioned, as long as you're not getting stun locked, but I kind of laugh and, you know, I take it and take the wins and wins and losses. So, yeah, there's so much fun mm-hmm. to be had. Steve, any thoughts on gameplay that you haven't shared? I mean, I, I love the the fact that we're all like championing the RNG in its own twisted way. Yeah. Like, yeah, and <laughs> the, the, one one time it's a crit, sometimes it's two crits, sometimes it's no crit at all. Um, I, I like how it, it's managed to, despite being very linear, like you know, you have to do the east wing, then the west wing, then upstairs, brown and that. Uh, despite the fact that it does that, it never seals off access until the very rear end of the game. So if there's anything that you've left unexplored, you are pretty much at your freedom to do so as soon as you are able, comfortable enough, or brave enough. Whereas a lot of other more modern Resident Evil games tend to gate things off. I mean, I remember the absolute marring controversy of people who couldn't go back into Castle Dimitrescu when that was dealt with. Like, you know, and things like that. None of that in RE3, none of that in 2 make. RE3, obviously, you're on a constant moving forward pace. It makes sense. But... Yeah, uh, the fact that much like Resident Evil 1 Classic and the remake of the original, like the entire RPD is still fully accessible. Little little nuggets to crack, and if you've sped run the game, you know all the passcodes early. But if you don't, you get them, you know, breadcrumb trails to encourage backtracking. There's even mm-hmm. like a second and third loop into the RPD later on for extra goodies. I think that's great. Uh, like, you know... Get, encouraging players to explore a place more than just is the 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 narrative requirements for better, better I actually really love that sort of last journey back into the RPD mm. uh, because at that point it's like a really good trajectory for your story a little bit because at that point you kind of feel like you've conquered this place you've been everywhere you've done it all you've cleared out most of the walls uh, most of the halls and um, tyrants no longer around either. So mm-hmm. you feel really com- you feel really comfortable. You're like, yeah, look at all this place that I was terrified in before. Maybe not so much now. Now I just know I need to get to the dark room and I'm going to go here and here and grab the last items or whatever and get out. I really like that as like a progression for your playthrough um, to go back in there the last time before you head off to the lab and stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah, very very good point, James. Uh, James, any more final points on gameplay? Yeah, actually, two points uh, I forgot to mention, and I think we've spoken about a little, like one of them a little bit, and that's the crosshair mechanic, like mm. which has been implemented in several games since, including their own. Um, I think it's a really cool idea. I just wish I got bloody crits more. You know, it's just <laughs> it, it's a great idea because it adds tension. But the other thing is, uh, which I think is not spoken about enough. And I remember when this game came out, uh, a lot of people, you know, normal, you know, resi nerds, uh, were like, no fixed camera angle? No thanks. You know, and it's like, but it technically has got a fixed camera angle because it has the torch. Like, if you're going going around, because there are several times where I've gone through a room and I haven't noticed something, especially in my early playthroughs. Mm. I haven't noticed something because I didn't light it up. You know, and that's technically a fixed camera. <laughs> you know, in a way, it's your it's your director. You know, your see it's your point of view. It's where mm. you're seeing, unless you're cheating, and you're turning your brightness all the way up, 
I'm scowling at you if you have. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not really. I'm kidding. But yeah, uh, I th- I think if you want to play, if you want that kind of fixed camera, I think like the torch is such a great addition to the game. Um, mm. and I don't think it's spoken about enough. Yes, fair point. Uh, let's talk about locations then. This is a big one for sure. I think for this game in particular, um, and I will kick it off, and I will be. We're very being very praise heavy in this episode and i think that's going to be a continuing trend i think as saccharine as it probably is to say the original rpg (laughs) is still a little bit like home to me in a twisted kind of way but if someone says to me this is the superior version i got no arguments Mm -hmm. really i got i mean i can't argue with it it makes more sense it's so fun to explore i like that it has enough differences to throw me off sometimes especially you know if you, if you play it loads maybe less so and it's down to how acquainted i am with the original over this but i love that it's got its own stuff going on i the lighting and art direction james you just mentioned about the torch and stuff makes me think of very some very specific areas the wet areas of the rpd are obviously iconic at this point it's up there as one of the best locations. I wasn't on the panel for the iconic locations tier death experience we did, oh, yeah. uh, which is on YouTube now. If you would like to watch that episode, uh, but I will spoil it and say that it got an S rank. Like, how could it not get an S rank? The RPD in this game is incredible. I think the lab is kind of poo poo, and the sewers. Oh, it's a bit better than the original, I guess, because the original is just kind of like a few hallways. Uh, but the RPD in this is top tier stuff for the series steve how do you feel about remakes rpd uh remakes rpd no notes it's pretty good like uh <laughs> there's a reason it keeps reappearing every other time re2 gets somewhere like uh, i'm not sure if it was made into fortnite but it did make it into uh, dead by daylight and it did make it into reverse pubg mobile as yeah well. <laughs> that's the one yeah uh, it, it, it's a place so nice they've rebuilt it thrice <laughs> and this is I, I i too am in a similar camp i i prefer the original but that may be nostalgia talking i i feel like it, depending on what day of the week it could go either way it, it's very mm. well constructed it makes a lot more logical sense in a narrative sense as it's a police station a place where people would go for safety there's all that stuff in the middle where it looks like some people try to set up an emergency station and battles throughout the mm. rpd mm. There's, there's lots of smaller stories if you look in the rooms and look around you kind of piece together what the hell's gone on here you know it looks like a much more battle-worn place and it's not like the original rpd wasn't like you know a place that had gone to shit it absolutely was but this one just feels like it's just that extra level of madness, that extra level of decay, and it, it sold very, very well. So, yeah. Indeed. Uh, regarding the lab and the sewers, yeah, new sewers, pretty cool, because it's like the sewers cop marshalling yards, just we haven't got no tram for everyone to argue over. Shame. Um, <laughs> and, uh, the lab, I feel like the lab is uh, as consistent with the other one. The other one just feels a little bit more a different genre of sci-fi. This feels more sanitary, whereas the original felt a little bit more diesel punky. In places, a little bit more like it could have been made by Shinra in FF7. Uh, <laughs> That's probably why I love it so much. Yeah, <laughs> James, what are your thoughts on the locations of the game? Okay, I <laughs> I realise how this is going. <laughs> We're all gonna, yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there, so so there's. I can't remember what the saying is, but it's it's like a say, it's a saying about learning, about educating yourself or being educated. Like or learning knowledge, like, and it's like if you're if you're not enjoying something, it can take you hundreds of attempts to assimilate the information. Mm. Um, 
but if you do, it takes six. <laughs> and okay, yeah, I felt this really hard with Ari two. <laughs> it like it it took me. I mean, as you said at the beginning, and and just a moment ago, it it took me from barely knowing my way around this game's map um, to memorizing it within four to six playthroughs. It was it was pretty amazing, and I have really bad geography when it game geography. Like so, I'm so bad at it. But the way these locations, or specifically the RPD, was created, um, it was meant to confuse you on your first few runs. It's meant to. Mm-hmm. Like there is just so much, there's so much to assimilate, and it's just like it, it was too much for my brain. Um, and then you add on top of that that the RPD was a museum before it was a police department, and then it just gets even more confusing. I don't know if anyone else thought that, but like I was like, why is there an art room here? Why? Um, why are all these things here? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, but I think that was like kind of throwing off my perception like, of the RPD. And I, I think that the the rest of the the rest of the game after the RPD being like a straight straight shot, pretty much. I think that's a reward for you. Mm. It's a it's a reward for getting through the hardest part in the game, which mm. is the beginning of the game, <laughs> and then. Like you can go back there if you want, you know. As as Steve said, uh, I think that's so good. I've I've I'll talk about it a bit later as well. But like having agency to do that um, is something that the original games did quite well, um, hmm. and we've not really seen it at all of the Nari two. We haven't been able to go back. We haven't been given the agency. We have been punished, you know, for uh, for missing stuff like and not being able to go back when. Yeah, I think that was a that was with the with the previous games, that was something that was very special about those games. Like is going back or or like having the agency to do that kind of stuff. Um I think to this day it is the best level design in the series of the new of the new titles. Mm-hmm. Um and it still holds up. I can't speak for the older games because I I didn't play RE one and two. I only barely played Resident Evil Three Nemesis. Um, so I can't really speak, but for the new titles that I have done a lot of gaming <laughs> with, um, it is the best level design mm. um, of any of those games. Uh, KDB, how do you feel about the locations of RE2? So I think... Join the love infest. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we have to you know, let ourselves off the hook here because Resident Evil Remake, the original remake, people are often saying how it took so much about the original and just made it better and made a perfect game. Um, there's many parts about Remake 2 which are maybe not as jazzed about, but when it comes to the locations, and as you've said, Sai, as you've said, Steve, as, as everyone said, this is a better version of the RPD. No question. Mm-hmm. I, I love the original Resident Evil 2. It's my favourite game of all time. This is better. They've improved it. This was reason alone to make the remake. They've done so much good stuff with it they've they've taken all the good stuff from the original the environmental storytelling added it all here made it look nicer and okay we've got the advancement of technology and time and budget and stuff like that sure we can you know look at it through that lens but what we've ended up with here is an incredible location an incredible hub that has that oozes all that stuff from the original but then we're experiencing it from a new perspective with new terrible enemies. And yeah, this is just, um, 
yeah, this is the RPD is so fantastic in this, and I think it's largely, you know, I'd be quite happy to revisit this game over and over and just play through the RPD and then not play the rest of the game. And that's not because I yeah. I dislike the rest of the game, but I, you can get perfectly satisfied by just playing through the RPD and looking at everything and reading the files and. There's so much variation, yeah. The the statues, the yeah. music, it's it's all here, and they really, you can tell there was a concentrated effort to not f this up when it comes to the RPD because it sings, it absolutely sings. Even Marvin, you know, he was a small part of the RPD in the original, and here he is, and I'm sure we'll talk more in a minute about him. But yeah, um, and then it's kind of like you were looking at my notes, sigh, because like the lab, it's like, yeah, not great. Sewers, sewers are a slight improvement on the original, I think. But the lab, yeah. I do think is a massive missed opportunity. It's as we've, I don't mind the clean nature of it, but you know, the clean style, but it's, it was just lacking in the environmental storytelling of the other locations or certainly of the RPD could have done with a few more mm. files, maybe another couple of rooms, you know. It, we, it would have been nice to have, you know, some of those. I don't think the lab really has it, but, you know, rooms that are unnecessary or, you know, that have hidden experiments or something like the original had. We could have had more of that here, um, mm. but the, I guess they just ran out of steam, maybe. So the labs are very simple. The other thing I do want to shout out, though, is the orphanage, which is creepy AF yeah. and also yeah. influential because it made it in welcome, well, into Welcome to Raccoon City. So, uh, you know, mm. this had. This is another location which, when you play through Claire's section and as Sherry's section, it advanced that portion of the original because Sherry and Ada's sections in the original are kind of lame. Um, you know, they're both the same in the same area. The orphanage in this... I feel like you've been very generous there, Kels, calling them kind of lame. <laughs> uh, like, you know, if yeah. we're going to bash the OGRE2 over anything, it is those sections. They are it is. dire. I think we talk, I think we mentioned yeah. it on our yeah. review last year. You know that those were disappointing sections. The orphanage is awesome in here. I replayed it again recently, obviously, and just the creepy little teddy, the little twisty uh, wooden block the puzzle. Thing's so weird. Yeah, slicing yeah. open the tape with the scissors, running away from chief irons. Like, yeah, incredible section. And the orphanage is a yeah is a really great creepy location. Um, Good shout. Yeah. So that's how I feel. I just wanted to add as well, you say about the lab, uh, it could have done with a few quote-unquote unnecessary rooms where you can find extra experiments. What Kelsey actually means is, praise the moth. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Which you can get now on a t-shirt <laughs> at the first aid spray store, cafespraypod.com. <laughs> Smooth. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I sat there thinking about it the entire time. <laughs> And now, reading the file Research Diary from Resident Evil 2 2019, Justice Margowski, who you can find on Linktree at Justice Margowski. Embryo Growth Observation, Subject 449. After the G embryo was implanted into the subject, we made a 50 centimeter incision from the chest to the abdomen and began our observations. With the help of the medical team, the subject's consciousness level was kept between 15 lucid GCS10. However, the subject's consciousness level deteriorated, and further observation was deemed unnecessary. The subject was then disposed of. 
Breeding rate observations, subject 501. 501 mutated into G form and was introduced to the group of 30 test subjects. After 2 hours 36 minutes, it was observed that all but one of the test subjects had been implanted with an embryo. All subjects were disposed of. One subject broke down during experimentation and took their own life. T-Virus Resistance Experimentation Subjects 628-639 We administered G-Virus to Subject 628, who had shown slight resistance to the T-Virus. The virus was then introduced to Subject 639, with whom 628 had a close relationship. 628 showed some signs of resistance, but had been implanted with an embryo after 24 minutes. T-virus resistance does nothing to stop the mental deterioration caused by the G-virus. Let's talk about story. Um, <laughs> this one I am going to take a... Yeah, I was going <laughs> to... I'm joking. We, we, we're so positive up to this point, but I'm going to put the foot down on a negative pedal for this one. In fact, I'm going to... I'm going to hold... Now, do you know what? I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. I'm going to get my rant out. Um, I, I, It's not like it's terrible, top to bottom, not at all. I do think the game is quite bad at explaining some things here or there and a lot of people have obviously pointed out before that the game does hinge a little bit on your experience with the original game or with these characters in other entries to to properly understand them or what's going on some of the writing is pretty bad that explains the terrible things i've seen <laughs> sometimes it's bad that it's funny like that i actually kind of have a bit of a soft spot for how stupid that is but the rant really, obviously, and I, I'm sorry if I sound like a uh, uh, broken tape or whatever, the, the f broken record, that's it, not broken tape. <laughs> yeah, it's 98, it's broken tape. Um, but the second run thing has always been an issue for me, and it's still an issue for me. It is a shoehorned piece of garbage that they put into the game. And not a lot of people will talk about the fact that it was, I don't know if they outright announced it or if it just kind of leaked out that it wasn't going to be a second run mode. That was definitely a conversation in sort of the month or two leading up to the game. And then at the very last minute, shock, there is a second run mode. And it's almost entirely the same as the <laughs> original run. You just get a different gun and... Is that it? I think that's it. Items a couple are in of, a couple of you know, different puzzle, places. <laughs> yeah, puzzle solutions have changed. Maybe a couple of different items and that kind of thing. But that's basically it, which is already a problem because people... Here we go. People say that uh, Remake 3 is short, and I've said this before. It's really not a lot shorter than a playthrough of Remake 2. Hmm. People just think Remake 2 is a lot longer because there's four playthroughs. But they're all pretty much identical. Leon runs away from an alligator. Yeah, the orphanage is great if you're playing as Claire. But other than that, you fight the same bosses, you do the same puzzles, you visit all the same rooms. So that's like a separate side thing. It's just unfortunate that the second run didn't add anything really worthwhile to the experience. It's just such a shame because the zapping system is the best system. And it's infuriating that they never brought it back after the original RE2. And that they didn't use it here, which is the perfect opportunity I think campaigns, separate campaigns that affect each other is still such a novel idea and I can't really think of any games off the top of my head in a modern setting that do something like that. 
bring back all the classics you take this item doesn't you can't have it in the next playthrough add in some new ones you can give marvin some ammo or something in playthrough one and then he fights off g1 alongside you or something really cool and then dies in that room instead there was a bit, there's so much opportunity to do some really cool stuff but nope second run mode is you get a crappy revolver if you're claire <laughs> cool great for you i think it's i think it's terrible and dire in that sense but that's that's my rant over um kelsey you also don't like second run mode <laughs> no it's completely pointless and i feel like i'm not going to say i used to defend it but i since revisiting it i didn't realize actually how bad it was and yeah it's kind of shockingly obvious how much of an afterthought it is because the only different stuff is the first 10 minutes where you start in the tyrant shows up somewhere yeah, else and a couple of the yeah. items are just really annoyingly in different places there's no mm. new puzzles it's just uh, it's, it's like playing a randomizer which i guess is kind of fun but you know <laughs> so mm. yeah the story and how the first and second runs work together are without a doubt for me this game's biggest misgiving uh it's not it means the game ends up and the game story ends up not as rich as the originals and we talked about how the original re2 weaved so many stories together in kind of unbelievable ways that is better than movies we'd seen and stuff like that this remake is incredibly cinematic and well performed and stuff like that but on a whole yeah the story is very mm. just moment to moment little like good cutscene here good cutscene there but the whole overarching thing is missing something it's missing depth it's missing the yeah the weaving together of the original and the the zapping and the, the how it translates across their stories and you know if if the game launched just with without a second run i think maybe i'd have been not as harsh on it i suppose i i get it i'd be like okay they're just going to go with this but they had an opportunity to do something really good with it but they didn't it's the, it's the biggest misgiving of the game and um i i suppose if you wanted to say something positive story-wise it's i think with this and subsequent remakes because we keep touching on wider context i do believe mm. that capcom are now trying to work from some kind of bible and keep resident evil right. consistent in the story mm -hmm. um so yeah the story here is fine and i think particularly when you look at the opening of Remake 4, it's just yeah. so much more powerful with the context of this game and this remake and, you know, for Leon um, and what it does for Leon's character. So stuff like that I love and it's like, yes, this has given me this version of Leon in this story that I have played through and endured with him and then that adds more value to Remake 4. But in itself... We've talked about how the RPD is an improvement on the original, and there's some other things I want to talk about that I think are an improvement on the original. The story is a step back. It's clearly a gameplay-focused experience, atmospheric and all mm. that, that's fantastic. The story is, yeah, it's missing something for me. And yeah, like you said, second run, it's just, it's just pointless. It's absolutely pointless. Once you're past, once you've done the three medallions, that's it. Everything else is exactly the same, right? Am I imagining that? No, I think that's it. Pretty sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. And you, uh, have to, some... you have to face. You have to activate Mister. Oh, sorry. The, the the very end of the game. Obviously, you get a different boss as well. 
Um, yeah, you get G5 yeah. at the end. Yeah, so that initial yeah. part in the RPD, yeah, Mr. X appears in a different place and uh, the items are in a different place. Once you've got all the three medallions and you go down to face The G, item box in the main hall is no is longer not there. there. Yeah. Once you go down and face that- Burke in one, that's it. Everything is the same until the very last train boss. And yeah, I don't know. When I first played it, when it launched, I think I was like, oh yeah, it's not as in-depth as the original, but it's still kind of fun. I played it again recently and I was like, I, I I did Leon's second run. I haven't done Claire's second run because there's no point. So, yeah, a bit of a shame. But story-wise, you know, I still love the whole overarching story. I think everything's already been said about it in the past. We're not going to tear it apart today. Mm-hmm. I love the Resident Evil 2 story and in, in, in everything it sort yeah. of sets up. But this isn't an improvement on the original when it comes to story for me. I guess it's... Uh might be a case of having such huge shoes to fill as well. It was always going to struggle in yeah. terms of... Because, yeah, t- Resident Evil 2 story is one of the best. Um, so, yeah, it had a lot to go up against. And if that, you know, as much as we just kind of, like, picked apart, especially the second run mode, but, like, broadly speaking about how it tells the story, it does a decent job, I'd say. I wouldn't go any further than saying that. But it, you're right, it, it's probably the biggest letdown of the experience for me. Steve, how do you feel about the storytelling in uh, Remake 2? And second run, if you'd like to. Well, I mean, I'll start with uh, I, I second run. I echo my my co-hosts. I, I feel like it's very much half baked arrange mode. Um, yeah. Regarding mm. stuff that changes, I'm going to um actually. Um, That's okay. Um actually, there's a, a handful of puzzle solutions that are different. Like you put plugs in different things and different. Oh yeah. Signal box changes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The jail cell what, what, thing what is a, different, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What a what a wild remix. Uh, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, Compared to stuff like original director's cut and that game's arranged mode, it's definitely a step down. Um, <laughs> I want to just highlight that, yes, we can complain about various story changes, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, various story changes and edits in this, but there are some side characters that I feel get a bit of a glow up in this. Um, for example, Marvin, very much so. We all love Marvin. You know, There's a reason why the first run's better than the second run. Guess who doesn't have any dialogue in the second run? Bye, Marvin. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Fair and then, point. Annette Birkin, like, yeah, I could stand her as a character in the original game. I love RE2 original. It's like one of my favourite Resident Evil games ever, if not the. But she pretty much just walks up and goes, You murdered my husband! I'll never forgive you for that! In a different voice. Um, <laughs> on each, on each playthrough. for a second. Yeah, <laughs> she's in the room with us now. In this, she's a she's she's a complex and horrible mother, but she's a lot more of an interesting character. Like, you know, we, we get a, a, a briefest glimpse of William Birkin's mindset more in his notes in this one. I would argue the voice the voice delivery of, you know, uh, there he is, my sheer perfection G-Virus is more fun in the original. But, yeah, uh, generally speaking, those two side characters and Hunk, bless his heart, it doesn't get much dialogue, but four survivors, a thrill ride, uh, you know, they're all very well done. Um, the, the core cast, you know, Leon, Ada, Sherry, Claire, they're all okay. I feel like do they replace Paul Haddad, Sally Cahill, Alison Court, and I'm sorry I can't remember the, la- the lady who plays Sherry's. Uh, of course not, but that doesn't mean they don't do a bang up job of their own. Um, I just feel like it's. No, you are right. It really, Steve, is that was one character who got lost in the by the wayside. Like I don't hate New Irons, but um, compared to his earlier incarnation, he's a lot stranger, and his implementation to the story now as. A little bit more obviously evil, as opposed to confused and tragic, is a bit of a shame. And we don't, as much as we love him, and the, the fact that he's a man, the meme, the legend, we don't really know why Mr. X is here other than to kill people. It doesn't really get much of a fanfare besides 
crush helicopter. <laughs> uh, that that always bugs me because I love the F and V in the original way. Like you know, literally helicopter flies over yes. and bombs him into the building. Way more intimidating. Mm-hmm. I, I will Being open great. the floor because I feel like I'm going to rant for another three hours. <laughs> oh wait, no. The chat was... the, the chat's pointed out the best character, the re the re seven staple, the celebrity, the bolt cutters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> James has an actual pair of in real life, as it turns out, and we just found <laughs> <it out. laughs> He has the actual bulk curse. I like how Steve cracked into characters before we even finished. Sorry. Sorry. We've got, Sorry, we've got yeah. two open <laughs> pots of discussion here. That's completely fine. Uh, I'll throw it to you, James. And how do you feel about the story and the characters? Just go wild. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, you guys. <laughs> um, right, so th- this is coming from somebody who has never experienced the original game other than seeing Steve play it. Hmm. Okay, so what I'm going to say is biased based on my gameplay and me playing the game. Um, I said earlier, Sai, having like a side B and seeing like the small things um, was cool. I liked it. Starting from a different location just after the helicopter crash, Mm -hmm. like, was cool. I really liked the quick draw army. (laughs) <laughs> because Boo. I I, I, re- I really like that once you aim it down, it's just a quick. It's just as a machine gun, like uh, and it does a lot of damage. Um, I love that. I love that that gun. I don't like the M17, although I do like Leon's uh, kill shot <laughs> that he does. He like so, he like goes into a freaking uh, gangster kind of pose with oh, his yeah, M17. Yeah. Um, yeah, I one thing I really disliked though was because uh, it made because although this game and subsequent games have a lot of consistency, um, apparently guns aren't consistent because for some reason you have you can you can craft ammo and then you can't craft ammo and then you find ammo and you can't find other ammo. That is really silly. I didn't really understand that, and it took me quite a bit to kind of get my head around it and not get too upset about it um yeah and there, there were just small things that i like like at the end with uh, the pendant in the vaccine um there was a lot of kind of little story elements like that sorry someone just bled their horn and apologize if you heard that um but uh yeah little, little things like that um i thought were cool um and i enjoyed it like the moving that storage box as well was a huge that's a huge thing in the game. Oh, it absolutely is, yeah. Like for and it's very deliberate and uh I, I like that. Like having to go <laughs> having to go through an entire wing to get to a safe box was very dangerous. Um mm. in inside B. Uh yeah. I mean, Can I just before you do characters just Yeah. I do wanna say, Steve has kind of hit the nail on the head for me. I think if they'd have just called it a range mode, I would be less mad about it. Yeah. Like, they've just gone, this is a slightly different variation. The fact they called it second run, which kind of implied that it was the B playthrough, is it's a disappointment thing more than uh, this is outright terrible. So I, I wanted so much more out of this that I didn't get. And also, yeah, you and I, James, clearly have very different uh, opinions on weapons because you hate the grenade launcher. Not that I use that <laughs> well, much in Remake too, okay. but, you know. But the, okay, but the so- quick draw, I think the quick draw thing, was, as the Claire Redfield stan, I just kind of hate that that's become her go-to. Like, in, they put it in our verse like, that's her weapon now. And it's like... No, she's got cooler weapons. Why are you giving her this stupid revolver? Give her the grenade launcher. Give her the bowgun. You know, so um, maybe I'm a little bit bitter about that. But sorry, go on. Uh, I I do want to want to defend myself with the grenade launcher a little bit. <laughs> it is trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, tell, I love I tell, it, but it's trash. <laughs> I tell you, no, I mean, 
that grenade launcher on my last Claire B, that grenade launcher carried me through RPD with the flame rounds. I mm-hmm. used every single flame round on every single zombie that was oh, in yeah. my way. Um, Boss fight then, those, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I saved up every single white powder I had and I just stun locked G- <laughs> G4. Well, you're using the lemonade rounds. Like that, I, yeah. I just want—I just wanted to do that <laughs> to see what would happen. It was so funny. I just sat there for forty rounds, blasting away. <laughs> like, I, I literally, I was in the same place, and he couldn't do anything. So funny. It was like he was trying, you know, tri- having trepidation about marrying me. He oh god! Down on his knee constantly. But yeah, I think because I haven't even talked about the story, I'm just trying to defend this game. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I think I think side, side A is fantastic. Uh, I do I do see the problems with side B. Um, like now that you guys have explained it, like I like and kind of gone. There's a little bit more depth in the second runs than the original. Yeah, they definitely could have done more, but. Yeah, for, with my first, first experience with it, like it was fine, and I, I liked seeing the little things. But I do get it. I feel like stories well, it's well. Like I'm just going to talk about side A then, because we've spoken enough about side B. Sure. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I think it's well acted. It's mm-hmm. enclosed. It still keeps the magic of the original from what I've you know. Because if there's anything I know, it's the story of the original. Um, and uh, I think, but I also feel like it's a beast of its own as well. Um, mm. However. With its retelling and later entries as well, it still falls short a little on uh, world building overall. Yes, yeah, I think um, that's the problem. But I think that's also true of the originals as well. They also fail on world building. Um, there's a line at the end that Leon says something <laughs> to the tune of Leon and Claire, Leon and Leon and Claire get to the bottom of this, uh, but that never ha- f- happens, does it? We never <laughs> see it. Like Umbrella is Jump killed off screen. Yeah. Right, as we learned from, like, we learned that from last year's RE4 as well. Like, just like the originals, it's like, uh, Capcom, take a risk. You, you <laughs> take, you've taken a risk retelling, like, doing kind of a different story. I, I don't get why they couldn't have just done a little bit more, just given us some answers. You know, <laughs> just ah, uh, it still bugs me that we got that. Like and you know, I think I think in one podcast or a couple, I've probably said, "Oh, I can't wait to see what Leon and Claire get up to and how they're going to take it to Umbrella." Still, never going to see that. No, still never going to see that. Never and happens. Bothers me. It'll bother me to the end of my taste. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's like um, you know, it, it's uh, so this will be my this will be my first Alien reference, but it's like Alien Three. You know, at the beginning when, you know, Newt and don't, other don't. undetermined soldier dies, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, uh, don't do that. Mm. Let us have a, give us our agency. We want to see the story. Show it to us. But they don't want it. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, right now it's Tricell. <laughs> F off. <laughs> Incredible. Um, do you want to do characters while you're on a roll? Sure. While I'm here. <laughs> so I do feel like the strongest strongest part of this game is its characterization yeah, uh, yeah. and future games as well like <laughs> I, I feel like i'm i'm playing and i'm talking to real people um like I'm, yeah I, I can't i can't not mention it guys but i am going to mention elliot as well elliot had such a small part but his <laughs> lines are so freaking powerful mm. like open the goddamn door oh, you know he's like yeah. <laughs> i i every time i get to that point um, it's very memorable, and I feel so bad because I never kill Elliot. I leave him in that corridor, staring at the wall. 
<laughs> you know, um, unless he bites my ankles, then I might give him a, a shotgun. But yeah, and then you know Marvin, who is still one of the best performances for me next to Leon mm-hmm. um, in the entire series. Um, mm-hmm. Like following the voice actor and seeing the passion he had um, for the game as well was incredible. And I think it's sad that we, again uh, we couldn't save him in any way. I want to save these people. Like I know that's cut part of the darkness of the game and the story, but. I want to save these people. Like mm. maybe they could have done that in a in a in a B side. Um, <laughs> I do think though, like speaking of Leon, Leon, I do think the best thing uh, about Leon's performance by Nick is he completely sells you on that character as well. Like because otherwise, Leon doesn't have much reason to be one of the main characters. When you think about it, uh, he has no agenda than be- this being his first day. No connection to the big bads at all. His only straight connection is being a puppy to Ada, which. <laughs> is something that's picked up in RE4 from last year, by the way, which I did appreciate. Like, having that consistency is important, like, those mm-hmm. connect- those connections. And, uh, but yeah, Claire... <laughs> this is going to be my second Alien reference. Claire has a Ripley-esque story. She's arguably, mm-hmm. like, the main character of, of it, uh, of this story in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, she she's is. She's <laughs> coming to find her lost brother, <laughs> and, become, and she becomes, like, this mother... Um, she lost her mother she tells you which is awful like and she tells sherry that and then they get this bond and she wants to protect her she she's the main character um but leon is still my favorite character <laughs> yeah <laughs> because because of nick's performance mm-hmm. um and that's all i have to say go ahead yeah i uh they, oh god there's so much to get into with this and i'm going to start with leon because it's the obvious place um and i think you could throw out every other thing every other characterization in this game the good and the bad this game gets by on Nick's Leon alone it's he you're right he might not be the the main character quote unquote if you had to pick one out of the two cuz he is kind of like the character who just dumps into the situation but he's the star of this show we've all we've always said that they did a terrific job bridging this with four as well as, as has been said by bringing Nick back yeah, he's fantastic in this. Probably the best. Ooh, maybe. I don't know. He's right up there as well. It's one of the best Leon uh, performances of the entire series, if not the best, uh, certainly. Like, but see, I think see, you said... Seeing I'm him, not sure what the word him, you said was. Well, believable, gro- but... Yeah, uh, you felt you felt like they were real people. Mm-hmm. Like, and you were speaking to real people, and you were within that person as you were playing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, I, I forgot to mention about like it carries on to RE4. Like we got that consistency again, yep. and yes. he made it believable. Nick made yep. it believable. Like he could have done, you know, a Mercier and like who I love, right? But he could have just completely changed Leon like from previous iterations of him. But he he was still the same person, mm-hmm. like in RE4, which is incredible. Someone is banging so like one second. Sorry, <laughs> I, you know, obviously hindsight is helpful with that you know knowing that that's where they had to go with it or whatever and knowing how to bridge that gap instead of just kind of being like well we're gonna kind of have a bit of a cut-off point here and almost like start leon again almost but uh yeah all together he's fantastic in this 
and Suri characters are a bit of a mixed bag. Marvin has been praised quite rightfully. He's fantastic. He's the missing Ghost Survivors character in the same way that we all kind of, you know, don't lie to yourselves. Kendo's Ghost Survivor thing. You all think that's actually what Hannah. You all head yeah. canon that so that he gets away because we all <laughs> love Kendo, especially in this. You can't help but feel for him. So Marvin not getting some kind of Ghost Survivors thing where we can head canon his survival is a shame because, yeah, he, as you said, the, the actor's performance and his passion for it is fantastic. Um, ben is a bit in and out too quick for me to care too much. Like it's a it, yeah, good, good or bad or whatever. It does sort of stick out to me. Some of his lines are really funny, one way or the other, um, and he's well performed. I, I, I land on the original Irons is better for me. I like the subtlety more. But again, same thing. Irons got loads of really memorable lines out of that performance. Um, I like Stephanie as Claire as well. I, I always thought she was a bit stiffed with some of the lesser writing. Um, compared to maybe Leon's playthrough um, and some of the character design, especially, yeah, straight, straight out of the gate, I always just I just thought, well, that's not nearly as interesting, is it? I know it's they're going for a bit more realism, if you would like, or a bit more modern character design, but it's it's just not as interesting, and the fact they've repeated it over and over again doesn't, doesn't really help Claire. But for Stephanie's performance as Claire, I think she's done a great job as the character in the mm. likes of, like, Infinite Darkness and Death Island, even more so than Remake 2, but... Yeah, she, she's she's fine in this. She does get the best. She gets the series best swear in this game, though, and it's yeah. just, it's on our soundboard on the Discord server. So if you if you hang out with us in the live chat, you'll have heard it. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, KDB, how do you feel about the characters in this game? I think I'm just exactly in agreement. I'm not gonna retread everything because um, you're all hitting the nails on the head. Like this game does so much for Leon like it's kind of laughable <laughs> like for a character that has often been the butt of some jokes as well despite constantly being the main sort of feature you know we've, we've all had a lot to say about him and I've always kind of been a Leon fan but this is yeah such a good iteration of Leon and as we've established in the wider context and with Remake 4 and seeing if you think about Remake 4 and that opening and seeing the training that he went through, it just makes so much more sense that Leon is the way he is in Remake 4 than when you play the original Resident Evil 4. I didn't really like the original Resident Evil 4. I thought it was a bit too cheesy, but it makes sense in the remake first now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in this game, like we've ragged on the story. Like, yeah, main story, fine. Second run, stupid. But characterization, I think across the board, it is a real struggle to find any complaints. Like they, they really, really pushed the boat out to try and make sure that the performances were, despite some bad dialogue, the performances are yeah. really, really, really good. And standouts for me, you know, I, I mentioned it at the start, and I got sentimental because I was a new father at the time. The kendo scene, I cried my eyes out because, like, it was just. This character that was up to that point a complete meme, you know, we've all said the lines over and over. It's a hilarious, brilliant opening moment to the original game. And they've brought him in here. And, you know, they do more with him in in 3Make as well. And his relationship with Jill is so good. But just Mm. here in Remake 2, like, that characterization of Kendo and suddenly making you want him to survive. And it's that age-old thing. Yep, it's a family member that's turning... But yeah, it's dark. It's probably the darkest the game gets outside of Sherry being sort of seeded by her father. You know, it's just like, but Yuck. yeah, that's you know, that's what happens. <laughs> and uh, it's just an interesting choice of words. Yeah, but with, yeah. With, with Kendo, it's like 
it's done subtly it's done sort of creepily tastefully and it's pure horror like it's really really sad mm. um i agree with you Sai, about irons like i really love irons in this game but i prefer the sort of calm unhingedness unhinged nature of the original one um whereas here mm. he's a bit more in your face and yeah it's eccentric yeah exactly um but yeah across the board like i say not too much else to say i think yeah marvin as well the performances carry some weak writing uh, in massive ways and uh mm-hmm. yeah poor ben he almost got the story but um at least we get to see his eye popping out which is quite fantastic um <laughs> yeah. yeah um who have i missed ada i mean again i just think with the context of remake 4 and this is the the luxury we do have today and i think you know there's no point sitting here and pretending that those other games don't exist because they no, do no no by all means and uh yeah and i know the voice they changed the voice the voice actor but I think Ada has improved, you know, and the way she was presented in separate ways. And it's, I've replayed this game. And it's like, oh, look, there's Ada. And she's going to be appearing in Remake 4. And I, I love this whole story and how it connects. And like I mentioned earlier about, it seems like Capcom are working from a Bible for the most part. Nothing seems to be going massively off-piste on the other games. It all, all mm. feels very accurate and organic in the way the characters are growing and i think yeah characterization is really strong in this game and one thing to just kind of tie it back to gameplay um for me it's so important that this game is third person and obviously re7 had come out and i was a bit you know on the fence about first person i took it and you know played it and i really really enjoyed the game but when i heard that remake 2 was coming i was like please don't be first person please don't be first person because i want to see that I'm playing as these characters because I love these characters. So it's important that they did that for this game. And as we've established, Claire is without a doubt the main character. It's like, it's front and centre. All the good stuff is there. She's so good in this (laughs) game. And yep, we can talk about sort of the way, I guess, she's portrayed. And and maybe Claire, if you look at, uh, what's the movie? I've forgotten the name of the recent movie that came out. Death, Death Island. Island. Yeah, yeah. So it's they are maybe going off piece a little bit with Claire or sort of reverting. But I like this version of Claire. And yeah, she's fantastic in this game. The performance is good. And yeah, I'm just kind of going around in circles, really. Characterization is really strong, you know, which is really impressive given how lacking in depth some of the story is. <laughs> it's, the, it's the perpetual you know, thing that we harp on about, isn't it, with every new release characterization, they've done it again every time since seven onwards. Yeah. Um and this I think a big step up from seven. And that that is coming from someone that loves Seven and loves the Baker family and that scene late into the game. But that game obviously has a silent protagonist. So it's a big difference to jump in with, you know, more vocal main characters and beloved characters mm-hmm. at that. Um, so this, well, RE7, as with most things in the RE engine, off to a fantastic start of this era. Uh, yeah, RE2, just saw it, knock it, you know, knock it down. You you put it up, I knocked it down, and straight out of the park, um, for sure. We talked about characters, let's talk about monsters, obviously. B.O.W.'s time. Uh, Steve, what's your feeling on the B.O.W. selection from Remake 2? I mean, generally speaking, most of them are ports from the original, and they're all done 
in their own unique, charming way. I feel like the zombies are the standout in this. They're made, you know, from mm -hmm. an era before this, like in games outside of Resident Evil, zombies were a shooting gallery, easy target, or they were just a horde of rapid moving things you could mow through. Uh, whereas in this, they are genuinely, if you're caught off guard by them, they can be kind of terrifying. They use the camera very evocatively to get in your face and be as visceral as possible. Mm -hmm. And you don't know when your shot is going to remove its head or if it's even going to go down, which is... <laughs> Kind of terrifying if you could unload half a clip into something's head and it's still going <laughs> going for your face, you know? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, it's when they catch me off guard, I think, is the part where it's still brown trousers moments to be more than anything else. Um, <laughs> liquors, uh, what a glow up. An absolute glow up. Like, as someone who didn't hate the original liquors, but I feel like I've been overexposed to them after this, uh, mm -hmm. they, they refreshed them in just the right way, making them a little bit more xenomorphy. Yes, they have a crippling flaw involving knives and frame rates, right? Okay, we can forgive them that. Every good villain has a character flaw. It's fine. All right? <laughs> um, Birkin's fine. I, I like how they re-implemented his boss fights a bit more than just stand back and shoot him, at least when it comes to Birkin 2. Uh, and the various dynamic things Birkin 3 can do, ripping his own arena apart. Kind of fun and neat. Uh, but other than that, eh, they're okay. And, and then mm. and then we turn our, our own gangly eyes to the IVs, uh, and uh, <laughs> we think, uh. wow, they're just zombies, but green, um, and they can insta-kill <laughs> you. F fantastic. Uh, I have some notes, Capcom. Uh, let's go back to the old ones. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> terrific-looking pod people are kind of funky and weird. We actually, spoilers for that one. No, no spoilers. Go, go watch the last TFF experience. We go into this for about a good 30 minutes. Um, yeah other than that uh, I mean dogs are dogs aren't they like you can't really you can't yeah. muck up a zombie dog they're fast they go yip yip you shoot them they go arr and then you feel bad for five seconds and move on <laughs> um, that leaves like Tyrant I, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say Tyrant's well done and let someone else blow him up especially his yeah, hat um, yeah <laughs> And other than that, I think we're pretty good, right? Like, it's a solid roster because it was a solid roster in 98. <laughs> um, uh, ascended mini-boss as well with uh, the G-Adult. I, I love that whole section. Yes. Uh, it's terrifying, it's creepy, it's haunting. Has the worst, most graphically horrible kill in the game, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't get grabbed and die, Jesus. You, you, you'll have nightmares, kids. Yeah, you said the liquor glow up, but for me it's the, the G-Adult mm -hmm. getting turned in from, from the most non-boss from the original game where you just stand there and unload a couple of acid rounds into it and it's dead and move on to having its own domain it's the king of the sewer yeah. now um, which you know is cool in its own way it does contribute to uh, some issues that I have with the with the BOW roster list you know I, I thought you're right you can't the dogs are done well they're just kind of barely in it to really have they're, they're so are they even in Leon's playthrough? Like, they're so not memorable that I can barely picture where they are outside of the orphanage. Uh, the, cool. the liquor the liquor garage area for Leon is dogs. Oh, and yes. And obviously, he meets yes. Ada. You parking know, garage. That explains the horrible yeah. things he's seen uh, with the dog getting bla yeah. gore blasted over his face. True. Uh, the croc has become a cut scene. I think the roaches are gone. You've, just, you've pointed out the IVs are now just sort of reskinned zombies. Zomb uh, yeah. We don't have spiders. There's a lot of like holes to pick in this. But still, that being said, I think its strengths even outweigh that. The G adult, I think, obviously the most memorable version of the tyrant at this point, probably the most memed version of the tyrant. I think the reworking of G could have been something that 
could have gone horribly wrong, but they it's the right amount of sticking to what they had before and just kind of gussying it up with uh, modern hardware and stuff, making it look really nasty and gross, and the boss fights are quite decently interesting, I suppose. And yeah, as you've said, and as everyone has said, and everyone will probably say from now until the end of time, probably the best zombies in the series. It's really funny that we went from... How many can we fit on a screen back in the PlayStation 1 days? You know, Resident Evil 1.5, one of the big things they wanted to push for was getting huge zombie hordes on screen, which obviously didn't necessarily do that in the original RE2, but there are a few rooms in the original RE2 where, I don't know, there's like six, seven, eight zombies. I'm thinking of you, Blue Corridor. Um, In this, it's not like that. But if you have a room with three zombies in it, it's a bad day. Just three is like, oh no, I'm potentially screwed here if I don't play my cards right or don't duke it the right way or or whatever. I don't have the space to maneuver. Each zombie counts. Each zombie is a threat, which is really, really cool. And what a fantastic sort of dialing of things back from the action games like 6 and 5 where they just throw endless enemies at you and that's the challenge now they've made each individual zombie its own challenge and you guys talked at length about how sort of the rng is a big factor of that i don't need to go into that but yeah it's uh best zombies in the series i think to be quite honest uh kelsey b-o-w's yeah i'm gonna keep it very short because like steve said you can go and enjoy like two hours of us talking about this stuff yeah on tier depth experience course. all i will say is echo what you said yep Best zombies in the series. Best zombies anywhere, I think. Uh, And also, Mr. X, while playing this game for the first time, seriously made me sit down and question my life, as in, what am I going to (laughs) do? I could not believe what I was being presented with. It was like... Because if you think about how he functions in the original B scenarios, it's like, yeah, he's kind of scary, but you just dodge past him and that's it. You go through the door and you're away. Not in this game. In this game, when I realised, <laughs> hang on, he's following me. He's still following me. Oh, he's walking through that door. Oh my god. Oh my. And the own, your only refuge was like inside one save room or, or the star's office. I had to pause the game, put down the controller and just think, what am I going to do? <laughs> and yeah. and it, yeah. a game had not done that for a very, very, very long time for me. So he is fantastic. Um, but yes, go and listen to Tear Death Experience for loads of BOW talk. <laughs> Steve had the moment in uh, his Discord stream where Mr. X stuck his head through the save room door, which is absolutely <laughs> terrifying when that happens. Uh, <laughs> James, how do you feel about the the Monsteros in Resident Evil 2? Monstera? That's a plant I want. Sure. <laughs> I They're really expensive, though. Like, I can't get them this time of year, either. Um, <laughs> uh, so, man, I've put, like, two paragraphs about the zombies here, but we just <laughs> said so much about the zombies. Like, they're the toughest in the series. They're the best mm. in the series. Yep. They're the most unpredictable. Every superlative. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. do have a theory, though. Like, um, as I always do on these podcasts... Um, it doesn't hold much water, like most of the theories on these podcasts I have. <laughs> but <laughs> it does it does help me rationalize like why these things are built like Challenger One tanks. Um, so uh, yeah, so this was uh, this th- like Raccoon City. This is the first time we saw like a large scale attack like this, right? Like mm-hmm. in a pure fo- in its pure form, mm-hmm. and it was transported through these rats, um, created in a lab, potentially improved upon until it's just an accidental release as well. Like, this might be why the zombies are so tanky. Like, the T-Virus was pure Jesse. Okay. 
<laughs> like I, I that's the only thing I can think about because it's like you know in in future in future games of the originals um zombies just became cannon fodder right like mm-hmm. they they didn't really have any personality except in this game they do have a personality there's the floor zombie right outside west office who takes about 10 years to kill there's the <laughs> donut zombie who's bumping his head on a fridge and takes about four shots to kill right but he is he's super like don't want to get near him there's the white shirt zombie in the library who does not go down ever like, judging again from those discord streams there's always a zombie in the lab that will find its way back into the hallway <laughs> hey, when you're going to the bunks and grab one of you and yeah. it's a different it can be a different zombie it's but a, those it guys three times i've seen three different zombies in that corridor <laughs> like i don't know i don't know why yeah there's a zombie outside that door as well as you come through is meant to surprise you if you run through that corridor mm-hmm. like just after the cafeteria like all these zombies all these set pieces that they have they all have personalities and i think that is amazing especially after all of the especially after all the kind of zombie games we've had prior i mean resident evil is the zombie game you know they managed to give these zombies character everybody's got a name for certain zombies that they just <laughs> dislike like in the game you know mine is the donut zombie right but i call it donut zombie because it's looking at donuts that's what i feel like it's looking at i'm not sure if it is um but yeah um i do want to say though if we do get a retelling of resident evil the first one um i know it's you know whoa, you know but right get, get over it uh they should keep the tankiness <laughs> yeah. um yeah, yeah. like like they have in re2 because that would be consistent with the uh with the t-virus that we get in raccoon city um because they came from the same place like re3 zombies are like they're only slightly less tanky uh, but that is also easily explained because jill is like very good she's at tanky. What she does yeah, uh, but they're still they're still rough. I mean, they they can still get you, but you've also got wider areas to move around. Mm-hmm. I feel like in RE three, um, yeah, and in comparison to like filler, I'm going to call them filler monsters, but the in comparison to filler BOWs in Village and RE four, there's no real real comparison really. Um, like they did such a great job capturing the the looming dread of the zombie mm-hmm. uh, uh, in general in this game, and the other BOWs too. Uh, yeah, and like the tyrant making me pee my pants every time. Like he <laughs> he does that every time, um, and stealth tyrant as well. Like that terrifies me. The fact he that you can't hear him stomping. He's just waiting there for you, you know, um, and just grabs you by the neck. And next thing you know, you're in the ground. Um, yeah, I, I love the. I also love the fact that the creators of this game uh, specifically wanted people to knife only this game. And when I learned that you could just knife G one. Yeah, uh, and when I when I managed to <laughs> mm. actually get it down pat, I was so happy. It feels very rewarding and good. Like when if you can just take down a boss with a. It's knife. the only way I do it now. I love it. <laughs> yeah, same. Because it's so quick as yeah. well. Like it's so fast. Yeah. Like yeah, you can. I can put like. 30 40 handgun bullets into g1 and he won't die but you, you give me 15 20 seconds and he's down with a yeah. knife <laughs> like yeah uh very uh, amazing zombies again yeah good tyrant good <laughs> everything good <laughs> okay uh let's talk a bit more broadly as this is sort of um everything in perspective kind of podcast let's talk about remake 2's wider impact on the series from you know over the last five years and potentially into the future as well i mean the real obvious one i think we wouldn't have remake four without the success of remake two 
and whatever's to come, presumably as well, because they're probably almost certainly, in fact, there's at least one or several more remakes in production at the moment, we can assume. And obviously, we have remake one, 2002, and it took a very long time to get a remake of Resident Evil 2. So it was something that they probably talked about for a long time. Was it worth it? When's the right time? Um, and they put into production 2 and 3 around the same time, or whatever they were doing. Both of them were in production at one point. So 3 was always going to happen off the back of 2 after a certain point. But it's the success of 2 that made them go, oh, okay, we should do more of these remake things. People like nostalgia, and obviously this game has gone down a treat. Less, well, this was a risk. Let's take the bigger risk and remake four. Um, obviously, it helps that everything else around this game, RE7 was great, and everything else has come after has been great as well. But this is the game that is obviously re- responsible for the franchise's resurgence, really. This is the real moment. This is the crest of the wave. And talked about at the beginning, the sales as well. I don't think we've seen an impact at the end of the impact uh, this game has had sales wise. Mm. I'm gonna take. A, I'm gonna do a tinfoil hat time. I think that the Winter Story should have, and perhaps could have been a trilogy, but maybe it got shortened down to two. That's my wild crackpot Ooh. theory. I think that they went well. They're both doing well, but people have most responded to over the shoulder to nostalgia to remakes. Maybe we wrap this thing up, and I think Resident Evil Nine, if it's going to take nods from any other game in the series, is probably going to take. Nods from Remake 2 over, say, a 7 and a village. Mm-hmm. However you feel about it, however I might feel about it, insert your discussion about the perspective of third person, first person here, of course, as well. But I really could see this game informing the next mainline one now that we've got to the point that it is the best seller, which happened within the last six months, nine months, whatever it was. I think Capcom are going to go... They would have obviously been aware they wouldn't seen that come and they would have gone, right, okay, this is what people want. Let's try and put our eggs in this basket for the future. So I do think that it's going to keep having an impact on the series. Uh, James, how do you feel about Remake 2 and yeah, its impact on Resident Evil? Uh, I um, yeah, I think I think all you folks are going to have a lot of valid uh, yeah things to say about kind of its, its impact on the series. And I think what you what you guys say is a lot more valid than me because of the originals. However. I just want to talk about the impact RE2 has had on the gaming landscape. Oh, for sure. Yep. Since it's released. Because it's been incredible. Like, we've been asking for remakes for years and years. And lo and now behold, it's like, please, stop. Yeah, <laughs> when we get one, like, when we, when, when we get one that's like, made with the passion and the attention to detail, like, that this game was, it's, it's a success. And, yeah, it's... And it's changed everything. People want to make remakes. They, they, they want to do remasters. They want to keep doing that. And people have been asking for it. And yeah, we might get fed up of it, but it's more content and it's more things to play. I mean, right now, I mean, 2023 was a mad year for games. Mm-hmm. Um, but that had been, you know, kind of a, you know, a boiling pot for a few years prior as well. And it's going to happen again. Like in the next few years, we're going to get that again. Yeah. Whether it's going to be like an RE2 successor or not. Mm-hmm. Um like I, I only I only played it a couple times before I did prep for this retrospective. Um like and, and but it, it, it stuck with me and mm-hmm. like no lifing it for the past month has been such a great experience. Um it made me 
want answers to questions. It made me want more in this series. Uh, when I remember when I originally played it and we got it, and it makes me want more in the series now mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I might not got my answers, <laughs> but like I can't can't have everything. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, like with all the with all the time I've spent into this game. Um, it also made me realize, however, how robbed it was in 2019. Um, yes. I like, think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> everyone, and this is coming from me, so you know this is not biased. Like, this is me being real here. Everyone here knows I love a From Software game. I will go to bat for From Software anytime. And Sekiro was a great game. Um, but my rules with Game of the Year like, is how transformative a game is. Mm-hmm. and how it changes things. And there's no doubt that RE2 was more transformative than Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Yeah. Like, for me. Like, it's changed the landscape itself. Yeah. yeah. And I... I would I would really love if we got some kind of award for a callback in some way for RE2, because it deserves it. Mm-hmm. There's every now and then, and this might seem almost too much but every now and then a game comes along every year or so grand theft auto 3 probably skyrim that it Mm. comes out and then you get a bunch of developers announce a game and they will go well we were inspired by what they did what the success of this we saw that and we went wow we want to do a version of that and there have been so many games and like Remakes, more than anything else, what this game has done for remakes, but also just the way that it feels to play, where people have come out, Silent Hill 2 remake coming out, Alone in the Dark remake coming out, both this year. Uh, I think Silent Hill remake, uh, is this year, but Alone in the Dark at the very least is coming out in a few months. And they've literally, out of the gate, they revealed the game and they went, <laughs> in Alone in the Dark's case, basically in the trailer, they were like, so anyway, Resident Evil 2 remake was great, we want to do our version of it. <laughs> they just throw it on the cards on the table, this was awesome. Here's our version of it. So, like, in terms of wider impact on the gaming industry, 100%. Like, it should be in the conversation for games that changed the industry. Just at least a little bit. Um, Steve, how do you feel about the wider impact on Remake 2 uh, to the Resident Evil series? But if gaming as well, if you like. I'd say in, in gaming itself, like, last year alone, we had Dead Space referencing Resident mm-hmm. Evil 2 as a source. It's even got Nick Apostolides in it doing some mocap, which is nice. You've got Alan oh, okay, Wake nice. 2 which was using basically verbatim the mechanics of Resident yeah. Evil 2 Remake, yeah. as opposed yeah. to you know tried and true remedy things, to some people's chagrin. Um, yeah, and then you've got indie stuff like Dayman 1998, obviously you said Alone in the Dark. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's bled through, it's broken to the cultural atmosphere. I don't see many Sekiro clones, like James has pointed out, now that you think about it. <laughs> um, right. it's, exactly. it's almost like no the Game Awards that. is a bit of a sham, really. But, you know, <laughs> you know, Listen, okay, Sekiro is a rhythm game and I will hear nothing else. <laughs> I'm not saying Sekiro is bad. No, I'm just saying that there's it's got aftershocks that are still being reverberated around through survival mm-hmm. horror as a genre, action games as a genre. Like, I, I can't speak for how well, how much it impacted The Last of Us 2's development, but I bet it did a bit. Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe I'll yeah, inform yeah. also in this no-return mode they've come and added to it anyway. Um, you know, it's much like RE4 before it, it's remapped what a third-person shooter, or in this case, a third-person horror game, can be. Uh, I think that for, as much as RE7 was fantastic and probably what led to Village existing as a first-person game in the first place, I do think Remake 2 has pretty much sealed the deal that most Resident Evil games will be third-person camera going forward on sales alone. 
That and you can't really sell a premium DLC pack about costumes if you're looking through your character's <laughs> eyes. Uh, not to be cynical or anything, but you know, oh yeah, you get a new outfit you'll never see versus you can see the back of. I know which one people will pay for. Um, yeah, no, honestly though, it's well earned. Like, there are foibles, there are missteps, but not they are mere bogeys being flung at a golden trophy. You know, it's like... <laughs> I'm not saying the game is perfect. It has its issues. But there must be a reason everyone else is stealing from it, right? That, that, make, that makes that, that that's generally the point of trying to make before I go ramblematic. <laughs> that's really tickled me, that. <laughs> uh, Kelsey, how do you feel about the wider impacts of Resident Evil Two Remake? Sai, you said it. It's crest of the wave, without a doubt. So, mm. if you look at, so I think it starts with Alien Isolation. We move into RE Seven, and then we get here. And this, Mm. as you've all touched on, it's shifted the notion of what a remake is and what a remake can do. It shifted the notion of what a Resident Evil game can do. It shifted what horror can do. (laughs) It shifted what streamers and speedrunners do in terms of the popularity for that stuff. And it's just like this huge long list of things that this game did and had an impact on that I think cannot be understated and alan wake 2 is so funny looking at it because it is just resident evil 2 remake but it's alan wake (laughs) like you know we love sam lake and we love everything that remedy are doing like steve just said maybe without some of the experimentation remedy are used to but they do plenty of stuff in that game that i think still makes it a remedy game but clearly Sam Lake just played RE2 Remake and was like, yep, this is what we're doing for Alan Wake 2 because Which, it's... Not to, it yeah, worked. I was say, yeah. like, not to sort of sidebar, yeah, not to sidebar it, but obviously Alan Wake 2 is a game they tried to get off the ground for ages and it just never worked. Yeah, yeah. And then they played Remake 2 and they're like, we found yeah. it. This is, how, this is how we do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's the one. Everything that's down the one. to just, you know, the sort of enemies and the shooting and the item boxes mm. and file reading. It's just, it's all there. Um, but, you know, I'm not, this is not a rib on Alan Wake 2. It's a great game. Um, yeah, the, uh, the wider impact. It's like, yeah, what a wide impact this had on Resident Evil. What a wide impact it had on horror. What a wide impact it had on remakes, the gaming industry, <laughs> content creators. Like, it's... This game is the crest of the wave side. I can't sum it up any better than what you've said there. So huge, huge impact. Um, I those sales numbers, you know, and and the success of Remake Four. For me, I just think right in terms of impact. What are we getting next? What are we getting in the future? I'm looking at Claire, and I want to see you know something else done with claire and i think we've talked about we touch on this in a minute maybe but you know what's next is it remake five i don't think so is it the original remake code veronica we shout about but i think claire is a big part of this and yeah i just wanted to touch on that again and say look this this whole package that we've got here i think she's a big part of it and it's weird that mm. we're looking at we're singing the praises of remake four i feel like yeah, but I'm st- there's, st- there's something missing, and I want to see that impact be felt for Resident the Evil. Other follow yeah, up for Resident Evil this. going forward. It's mm. like, yeah, she was a big part of this, and yeah, I'm rambling again, but yeah, I mean, huge, huge impact. Uh, so, so Claire, like, there's a line I don't know if it said in the original, but Claire and Sherry say we make a good team. I'm just yeah. saying. 
Yeah, it would be but, great. Like you could, uh, and obviously, I would always campaign for bringing Sherry Birkin back in. It was one of the best yeah. things Resident Evil Six did, which I'm afraid they'll never go back to because of kind of abandoning where the franchise was at that point. But you're right; like those characters have never been on screen since together. Um, so adult Sherry and adult Claire would be awesome. Oh, also, um, I know I mentioned it once already, but I just want to do it again. We talked about the orphanage and the influence into Welcome to Raccoon City. Welcome to Raccoon City took loads of stuff from this game as well. So it's also influencing the screen media. You know, for better or worse, whatever Mm. you think. Impactful Mm. all round in every which way, this game. So, yeah. James, you actually offered this prompt uh, as a good question to ask everyone. So I'm going to start with you. Because we are now five years out. um, And we we haven't really talked about visuals specifically but I guess this just means broadly. But when do you think Resident Evil 2 Remake will actually start to show its age? Uh, James, why don't you start us off? I forgot I said that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if you've yeah. got any answer to it, but it's a great question. Yeah, I um, no, I, I do to a certain point because I, was, I, I remember what I was thinking that night about how far graphical fidelity has come um, mm-hmm. and how far it hasn't come. Because... In my opinion, it's kind of stagnated for the most part in the past few years. Like, uh, the jump between current gen and pre-gen at the moment is getting really small. And I think that's because yeah. we're getting really good at tricking the eye <laughs> with art. Um, really good at it. Like, there's something with RE2, though, that makes it still stand up without any loss in its own fidelity. I think, uh, like, it's subtle. But I think the only word I can think about is style. And I mean that in the literal sense. Style. Like, the art style. It's really realistic, but it still has an element of stylistic intent on it. Mm. If you know what I mean. Um, Like, this approach to games has been proven, uh, like, time and time again as well. Like, stylizing something makes it evergreen. And RE2Rs doesn't really show its age at all. Like in mm-hmm. the five years, because uh, in the five years it's been available to us because of the style it has. Made. I'm saying style a lot, but it's very important. <laughs> like it's it's it, like it's still as beautiful and gross as it was the night I played it. In fact, it looks even better now with RTX. Like I know that's kind of a <laughs> yeah. buzzword, but like it looks an even better game. And there isn't, yeah, sure, there there are crisper games out there, but we're getting to that point now where games aren't looking better. The you just have to be the standout, and I, like RE2 style is such a huge standout for me. Mm. Yeah, which oh, yeah, we, gaming just moves differently now, and compared to let's look at the difference between RE1 and remake, as people often do, six years. So this time next year will be the difference between the original Resident Evil and its remake, which is like can you Im- we all lived through it and i can't imagine what it was like living through it i was there and i still can't picture how quickly everything just zoomed forwards in terms of technology then as we went from 2d into 3d and then you know the graphical fidelity picked up at such a pace it's a completely different uh ball game now i just played this game on the playstation 5 with the upgrade i 
I don't know when this game is going to show its age. I still think it's going to look the same to me. Obviously, I have bad eyes for this sort of thing. I've probably said it before. Like, I don't really particularly care about the highest end of graphics. So I probably won't see much of a difference for a long time. I think people might maybe start going, okay, it looks a little bit last gen in about five years when it's 10 years old. But by then, we'll probably have another upgraded version for the PlayStation 6. So I don't know if it matters. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, Steve, how do you feel about... How this game has aged, and when will this game age? See, I, I want to. I'm going to widen the scope a bit. I feel like excluding the hair, because I know this <laughs> discussion about the hair in the chat. You could yeah. go all the way back to 2017 with RE7, really. Oh yeah, like, yeah. It's the RE engine is doing like some magical, mystical stuff, but it just couldn't handle hair until 4R. Not really, <laughs> uh, and it's just astonishing, really. Right, I. I I, I find it difficult to pass the words that this game runs as well as it does while looking as good as it does. And especially for a game that is now, quite rightfully, five years old, it still can beat out the gate quite a lot of the competition. Mm-hmm. In terms of performance, in terms of... Obviously, it's had patches, updates, refinements. But, yeah, I, I feel like it's got legs. Like I do feel that it'll eventually come the day when Capcom do like you know a Resident Evil 2 Plus Alpha or something, like a proper extra special re-release where they may yeah. do something else on top not it's not you know like a gold edition but to celebrate the fact that this game is churning out copy after copy after copy people could buy it they'll find a reason to make another sale that's not some director's commentary in it yeah 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 you know yeah. i'd yeah. love to hear like you know their, their their mindset as to why this zombie in particular in this one room is an absolute pain in the ass and this one this corridor <laughs> is just like you know weakest tissue uh, papi mache but yeah it's <laughs> It's astonishing, really, because this past week, this past week, it re-released on Game Pass, and me and Kels basically went, "Oh yeah, let's play the Japanese version for the lol of it," and uh, surprisingly, still a very fresh experience. We're just going in all new with no unlocks or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, surreal is the only words I can put. How far graphics have come. I, I do feel like when the day comes for another remake of Resident Evil 2, it won't look anywhere near as adventurous between the original Resident Evil 2 and this. Uh, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> sure, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, uh, mind-blowing. But again, that's RE Engine all over. You look at the likes of Devil May Cry, you look at Monster Hunter World. It's, yeah, very, very potent system. going to be a very sad day when the RE Engine era is over, isn't it? But We're it's going to be gonna... Rex. Right? Rex. Yeah, no, well, it's just, that is right, yeah. And then, uh, does that mean we're finally going to get a T-Rex? Well, I mean, Exo no. Primal, maybe? Well, you know... Just, yes, please, give me that f***ing T-Rex. I, I, right now. <laughs> Look, I, I just miss Regina Capcom. Come on! Oh, God, don't come off the mic! Don't come <laughs> I, uh, I just wanted to say, um, talking about fresh playthroughs, I played the game originally on Xbox One, so playing it on PlayStation 5... I had the same thing where it was like, I don't really have anything. What I, I just wanted to chuck it out there just because it's worth uh, uh, another round of applause about it. Because I had it on a new system, I was like, well, I guess I'll have to rebuy the soundtrack swap. It was like £2.50 or something. I was like, oh, is it worth it? Yes, yes it's worth yes. it. <laughs> it's absolutely worth it. Oh my God, it's so good. I just wanted, it just needed a mention. I had such a wonderful time humming along to the music and being like, oh yeah, I forgot they used the marshalling yard in the G-Adult or birthing pool, as I've come to call it. And, you know, hearing the sherry music in the orphan and you being like, this works really well, like completely repurposed almost. Yeah, fantastic piece of DLC. More stuff like that, please. Um, 
Kelsey, when do you think this game will age? Uh, it's probably not going to age, is it? Yeah, you, <laughs> you folks, like, you sort of took some points that I was going to say right at the end there. Like, we know Capcom are updating the engine. I really hope they're not doing that because they're like, yeah, let's go for f- super photorealistic. Let's push it to that limit. I don't know... I'm happy to be proved wrong, but I don't think they need to do that. You know, James mentioned it. There is stylization here. We've long, you know, we've many times said on these these podcasts that the RE engine and the character models and what they do is some of the best in the business. And yeah, there's others that are slightly crisper, but that style that James talked about, it's there and it's awesome. And RE3 in particular for me is still, I think, the RE3 re- remake I think it's still the best looking game. I think it looks better than than any of them. Fair. RE4 remake Fair. looks incredible, but if you go and look at RE3 remake, those character models are in the cutscenes. They're yeah. unbelievable, and I don't think it's ever reached that height. And so the engine itself, Capcom have decided it's aged. They're going to go to the next step. Um, but mm. this game, yeah, you'll be able to play this forever. I mentioned earlier some of the controls feel a little bit sticky as arguments have been made. That's probably part of the intention as well. So, yeah, it looks great today. You know, it's the all the attention to detail is there. And unless you're somebody that's like, I really, really want to be in VR and AR and I want to be in the world because these graphics just don't do it for me, fine. Uh, for me, that's not the case. I am just as immersed and engrossed with this level of graphic fidelity than anything else I think could possibly give me. So I don't need it. No, don't need any more. And I think, um, yeah, the jumps, as we've mentioned, they're so small these days. Your options are photorealistic or this, <laughs> really. So, yeah. so yeah, it looks yeah. great. It's going to be a long, long time before anyone thinks this is aged, uh, unless you're really, mm. really, really picky. So... Mm. Uh, okay then, so here's a question. It might have a fairly straightforward answer, really, but I thought I would throw it in there anyway. Do we think that this is the version of RE2 that Capcom will prioritise going forward? Either, you know, talking about canon, or more specifically just talking about, you know, porting the game forward. Do you think this, when it comes down to RE2, if Capcom are asked to put an RE2 thing together or show some footage or or whatever take something from the story do you think this is the game that they will be taking from specifically uh kelsey why don't you start us off yeah i think it probably is i mean i don't think they're casting off the original i think you know one day Mm. we will still get that collection collections are sort of coming out the games industry's ass left right and center at the moment so capcom (laughs) yeah they're they're having great success with remakes but they'll be looking at what konami have done uh with many collections they've put out and go well yeah maybe Mm. we should do it so as we've said before unless for some reason they've lost source code i'm sure we can expect a collection and a celebration of the original in terms of canon this is a conversation that as i've said before it just doesn't bother me too much i mean i would love to know that there is one canon i think they've said these are reimaginings then they've said that Mm -hmm. they run alongside and it's like i don't know i'm sort of just trying to enjoy them for what they are but i think capcom there's like every tech company and game company out there they're certainly they don't ever really prioritize stuff from the past they're always trying to innovate mm-hmm. and push forward and they'll be very excited that all this stuff they've put a lot of time effort and money into is their biggest selling game and mm-hmm. yeah just from a slightly yeah 
sort of black and white cynical point yeah they're going to focus on it because it's their biggest seller and it's the one that's most popular and they'll be looking back at the past as like yeah that's not as good and this is better but so we as hardcore fans you know we scream and cry to me it doesn't matter too much to me i think they will prioritize this but i absolutely don't think they're throwing the old ones in the bin we'll see a collection for them at some point yeah it's uh it's it's mad isn't it that you have two resident evil 2s to pick from if you needed to reference something both and they're both obviously like franchise greats it's what a what spoiled for choice almost um, when it comes to the canon, and cleverer people than I have said this better, but as with several Resident Evil r- stories, I think what it comes down to at this point probably is it's, it's the cliff notes um, yeah. of this and the original, isn't it? Raccoon City, Outbreak, RPD, Marvin dies, Sherry gets saved yeah. by Claire, Ada lies to Leon, everyone who's meant to escape escapes. That's about it. That's probably what the canon is. Same with Resident Evil 1 sort of thing. So for me, it's the finer detail stuff that I do sort of... Depending on the day of the week, I can be like you or I can be like, you know what, I'm really annoyed that the RPD got founded in 1969. (laughs) Um, But they can both exist, can't they? No, absolutely. I would like a firm line on what is what, one way or the other. Uh, but whether or not we're going to get that, who knows? Steve, uh, how do you feel about which game Capcom prioritizes out of the two RE2s? See, when it comes to Capcom, it'll be the new hotness every day of the week. As much yeah. as we like to turn around and say that they appreciate the original ones, I feel like there may be some things they take from the original ones and repurpose into newer titles. But I, if they have mm. to look back at Resident Evil 2 now, I mean, they did it in the 4 remake, didn't they? There was only shots of... Marvin meeting Leon in the RPD and stuff like that from two remake. Uh, yeah, you know this isn't a slight against them. Obviously, I, I personally I know it's not the thing they probably ascribe to. I hope they've got a bible now. Like they could go and burgle the RE podcast. Brilliant timeline. Use that. Like you know as a <laughs> as a Cliff Notes version. That is pretty phenomenal. You know, shout out to the REP. Um, but uh, me personally, I always try and headcan it and cheat. I have to use my Transformers methodology and just go right. That's G one. That's G2. Some point we get Beast Wars and it's all f***ed up. But, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, Resident Evil Animated is going to be very strange, as is Resident Evil Rescue Bots. But for now, we're on G2. <laughs> all right, just, just take it with a pinch of salt. You can't, if you try and put everything into the same square hole, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Like, I, I know not everyone likes the multiple universes thing, but I just think of it as, why not? Like, you can even go really down the rabbit hole of, this is the universe where Jill saves Chris, and this is the universe where Chris saves Jill. And so on, and so on, and so on. There are that many different things. So just enjoy it for what it is. Take the cliff notes and move on to the next game. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm down for that. That's what I mean. Like, some some clarity about multiverse would probably help me put my mind at ease. But I'm perfectly happy. I mean, with the, the clarity existing in their own thing. It has to be, doesn't it? Like, you can't have yeah. You can't have the, the nitty and gritty of each scenario in each game anyway, because most of them are solving the same puzzles. Well, yeah, there's that too. But I mean, obviously, just like from game to game, making stuff fit together, mm. talking about three more specifically with the way the game ends being completely different in the remake and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, you know, I would, I'm down for like crazy stuff as well. I almost feel like I shouldn't say this on the podcast because someone will burgle the idea. But why haven't we put, you know, the Marvel What If logo? Why haven't we made yeah. Marvin? 
what if about him surviving the RPG. Yeah, no, I'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if there's any character who, who could have a story, it's like stuff like that. It's Enrico. Hell, Mikhail. Yeah, great, yeah. It seems to be the classic trilogy. There's always this one guy who you want to see more of, and we don't. Operation Raccoon City was meant to do this for us, and it just let us down, didn't it? Um, in terms of prioritising the games, less so the canon, I made a joke about there being a port forward to the PS6, but it's I admit, it's not a joke, is it? It's going to happen. Capcom love a port. This game is going to be on every future console, just like Resident Evil 4 has been on every console since it came out. Um, the fact that we don't have the original game still, and we haven't had it since the GameCube, is... Obviously, still quite worrying, um, but this version is in safe hands. Like, it has a cloud version on the Switch, for God's sake. <laughs> so, it's probably going to be on everything forever. So, <laughs> we're never going to have to worry about finding this game to play. Um, James, how do you feel about which game gets prioritized? Is it fairly straightforward? Uh, so, um, a friend uh, once used a great analogy with the recent games, so 7, 8, and the remakes... Um, and that was uh, that Capcom are building out, not up um, mm. when it comes to their game development and that's something they did with the first three as well mm-hmm. they built out, they didn't build up like yeah. if you think like four, five, six, they're all very different games they're building up um, one, two, three are all building out and they're within the, their own universe seven, eight, probably nine and the remakes are are within their own universe. It's two distinct universes. And four, five, six are kind of like Yeah, the originals are kind of like links, I guess. Right, but very, very loose. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I like I want I want you guys to get a collection. <laughs> because I think you know, one, because I don't want you guys to be without like playing those games at some time in the future but at the same time I want people to bloody stop complaining (laughs) I like how James is saying you guys like we're not going to make him play them like (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah and it's like when it comes to universes you know here's your third alien reference (laughs) Um, alien alien versus predator and predator three distinct universes from each other they can coexist it's fine okay the new stuff for with Resident Evil, I think Revelations 2 is in there too, yeah, in my honest opinion. Revelations 2 Beyond and the originals before that, I think there are two different distinct universes and that's completely okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they will keep uh, prioritizing uh, the current universe until that doesn't work anymore or until somebody ruins it. Gary <laughs> 6. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I I want I want more games. I want them to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I need re- I need retellings to fix problematic issues and wonky writing from the original games. Mm-hmm. And we get that with the remakes, which is something I enjoy uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Like some people might call that woke, but I don't give a crap. <laughs> okay, because um, you don't know what woke means. It's okay, um, but yeah, that's my opinion. Yes, about that. we're definitely going to get into that if Code Veronica ever gets remade. <laughs> um, okay, let's wrap this baby up with some conclusions. Um, we've obviously said a lot about this game, but sort of the key theme of our conclusion I would like is if you can, where does this rank amongst the RE Engine games for you, Kelsey? For me, it's the best one. Um, I think 
the other RE Engine games, in of themselves, have some incredible set pieces, moments, characters, action, bits and bobs, and here and there, like everything about them like has so much stuff to love but like we touched on right near the start this has got something of it had an incredible job to do and it pulled it off sort of quite modestly like when you look at re remake 4 and all the action and everything and how big and epic that is like this is such a smaller game in comparison but for me yeah yeah the incredible atmosphere, those zombies, and the re-establishing and the, the characterization. For me, this is the one I've revisited more. It's the one I'm going to keep revisiting. RE4 Remake, I think, is right there behind it, to be honest with you. Um, and I do love Remake 3. They're all so good. Like The, the games are so good. Vi- even Village and 7, yep, they're good as well. But yeah, they did something here which, as we've mentioned, sent seismic shockwaves through... Not just horror, not just Resident Evil, but the industry and everyone's remaking everything and lots of people got opinions about that. I'm not complaining. Generally, so far, it's produced nothing but good stuff um, Mm -hmm. for the most part. So, yeah, we've got a lot of flowers to give this game. And, um, yeah, I just... I won't dwell, I won't rabbit on. For me, it's the best one. There's so much good stuff to love across the others. This balances everything so well, and it's that atmosphere. They they took everything that I love about the original and, as best they could, made it better. Some places it didn't quite work, but I think where it does work, it's so unbelievably good that, yeah, this is the one that I'm going to keep revisiting. And, and, yeah, and it hasn't replaced the original for me. I still play that too. So, yeah, for me, this is my, my personal favourite. This ranks the highest of the RE Engine games. James, where is this for you on the very illustrious RE Engine gaming list? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, it's tough because like, I love so much about the other games too. Um, the continu- like the con- well, the con- continu- I can't bloody say the word. Continuity, <laughs> consistency of, uh, of the most recent ones is a huge selling point for me. Um, does RE2 have continuity? Not really, not a huge amount, uh, but it does have consistency with the other games mm-hmm. when it comes to characterization, etc. Like it feels like it's part of them, um, mostly in its characterization. But games released after focus more on kind of sewing a story together. Um, like they had to retroact- retroactively add a note to RE2 from Jill, for instance. Like I, I still feel like that's a oh crap, this game did really well. Let's. <laughs> You know, let's put a note in our game. Um, yeah, still, even with that, it's a top three game, and it might actually be the top at the moment. <laughs> but that might change change tomorrow. Who knows? Because mm. every week my my list changes. Like, yeah, you can't ignore the impact it's had on gaming, and as Kel said earlier on, like the wider uh, yeah domains as well. It's brought so many people to Resident Evil, including myself, including mm. all of us. Mm-hmm. together and we have a lot to thank for it like it's one of the greatest games in my notes i originally put third from top for me personal favorite uh and coincidentally i put i would not argue with anyone that puts it at the top for me it's i think seven 
is number one and it's uh, yeah it, it comes with the caveat about being just kind of important to me and what I want out of the franchise mm. um, and I really love playing 4R it's just so fun yeah. that's a favourite list though best list I don't know maybe it's this after this last two hours like I feel like how could this be anything but the number one best RE engine game for all the good that it's done and all the impact that it's had I know it's a really really tough one it's right up there though amongst as we've all said, an incredible roster of games on this engine, um, an incredible run of games for the series. It's probably, I mean, it's rightfully the best seller for all the holes we might have picked in it. And screw you, second run, you pigs and crap. <laughs> it's still, it's still the best seller for a good reason. Tyrant hat aside, uh, Steve. Where does Remake 2 rank for you amongst the RE Engineer? Uh, best in class, really. Yeah. There are some things that the other students do that may or may not be better, but as an overall report card, it's the best in class. Like, really, it's got the, it's got the right mandli- melding of ingredients. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like we've given it too many superf- superf- uh, superlatives. I can speak words. <laughs> it's not like we've been talking about this two hours no I just I don't know I, I I keep thinking about like every other game when it comes down it's impact and it's normally recency bias but I do really feel like if anything's in shooting difference it's probably 4R or 7 uh, sorry Village and 3R you know you guys are okay but uh, it's it's them 3 are probably at the top and then the best seller yeah, yeah. It's, it's RE2R mm-hmm. is it best overall for the series mm, maybe not but it's definitely the best foot forward for the present day Yes, nicely said. Well, with that being said, nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors, our patrons and our listeners. Join the First Days Bro Discord server to become part of our community and hear the show early and unedited. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Blue Sky and TikTok. All of these links and all of our content can be found at fasprayPod.com. You can listen to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes and all good podcasting apps. And if you like what you hear, please do leave us a review where you can and spread the good word. Don't forget you can support the show by picking up some merch or at patreon.com forward slash fasprayPod for as little as $1 a month. In our next episode, we return to a podcast sub-series to tackle our first game-to-comic adaptation with a rather unique look at Claire's Arctic adventure in comic Comic Club Code Veronica. Thank you to the panel. You can follow all of the Pueblo people individually. I'm at Siniac underscore one two three. Steve is at FB. Steve was taken. Kelsey is at K underscore D underscore B underscore. And you can follow James on Blue Sky. And finally, thank you for listening. Free Palestine and have a good week. Hello and welcome to Mansfield 103.2 News for you And now the latest With It's f***ing windy (laughs) (laughs) windy Exactly I love that little guy Check 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 I think I literally have that gif saved on my desktop right now (laughs) (laughs) Because it has been f***ing windy Yeah Yeah, look there he is This is the little fox I um I had a, uh, I had a, a visitor in my garden because of the wind. I, I, it was a, it was a, it was a rat trap. A rat trap flew into oh. my garden. 
Was there a rat in it or just a... I didn't want to look. I just <laughs> I just still in my garden. I was like, no, thank you. I don't want to look into that. Thank you very much. Do I sound okay? Yeah, it all sounds good. Of course you do. Check, check. Yeah. One, two. I'm a rat man. Uh, rat man. Oh, I'm man. a rat man. I'm a rat trap. Squeakity 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 squeak. Squeak 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 squeak.